it's really you see it in this style of vocals went from like a lot of singing mm-hmm. and some whiny singing to those guys who just yell into a microphone. Well, something that was more rage like, against, like like Rage Against the Machine coming back in a way. No, I'm talking more along the lines of like you go from like Blink 182 to like you ever listen to like the Wonder Years or State Champs or the story so far where they're just like they're just yelling into a microphone. It's not there's not real singing to it. It's just I'm gonna pull up an example. Yeah, get a sound out for me. So because the Wonder Years sound like a really old. So like you've got you've got you know like I don't know we'll do we'll do Prime Blink 182 here here's a. Like two seconds of it. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to. Yeah. I'm trying to like not get this like. What's gonna have the best opener in a way? I'm just gonna go with Dumpy, but it's like. You know, you've got like. Yeah. 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 There's so, there's a certain goes, amount of like singing that's going into what. Yeah, or like is, you know, just like I miss you. You got like, where are you? You know, you know, that, yeah, yeah. you go from that, and then you got. I'm gonna pull up the Wonder Years. That's if I get flagged for this, I'm gonna laugh my ass. I'm off. really sorry. If you no, do. no, no worries, no worries. Like, I look at YouTube, YouTube is marketing, not monetizing. Fuck monetizing. Like, I monetize if I can get the money, but it's... it's... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and these are just just like... I I know what you're talking about there, because I remember hearing that from other bands I can't name right now. Um, Four Years Strong is a prime example, I think. And I think we're getting to the point where A Day to Remember was maybe the start of that, because there's very little singing he actually does. Yeah, and it's it's. Well, I remember when it, I remember when it, I remember when a date. I remember blew the fuck up like in 2010. Yeah, and I was like trying to explain to like I could hear it at the time, especially with how um. What was their first big fucking track? First song. Uh, was it we came to bomb the panhandle or whatever? No, 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 that's a big one. But it was the other one that was like their first big pop hit. I think. Cannot remember it for the life of me right now. You gotta be more specific. I could probably I name it for you if you told me. Told me what it was. Just sort of naming off top tracks of, that might hit my head. A day to remember. Like I know there's like a the downfall of us all. Yeah, right? yeah. That's yeah. The other one. That I listened to that and I was trying to explain it to like my friend Jason because his girlfriend at the time it, like um, introduced us to him to a day to remember. I was like, this had elements, at least now that that track opened, so that was like my first impression, so that lasted probably longer than it should. But I was like, this is like Slipknot plus Blink-182 in my mind. It's really, that's really the turning point like from it's, it's singing a into it's a, yelling. It's, it's a different metalcore. He is... Would you call it a different metalcore? Because like I, I under honestly a, wouldn't, call, wouldn't call a data number pop punk. I, I really wouldn't. I would call them punk core, almost. Yeah. Um, But I wouldn't call them pop punk in the least bit. Like... Those like those core bands like um like Under Oath or something like that. Well, I mean, like you've got a day to remember. Four Year Strong, um, bands coming out doing like easy core these days. Like mm. uh, my friends in Settle Your Scores. Um, it's very pop punk, but there's a lot of like chuggy riffs to it. Yeah, like, yeah. like but it's not like metal. Yeah, but but like a day to remember is where vocals started going from singing into the whole yelling into a microphone thing. Yeah, like the Wonder Years, like I just showed you and. And that's that that right there is the transition, and you can hear it like in when he sings itself. It's yeah. like you go from ah, to ah, like. Okay, here's a question. It's Here, almost almost like metal. Here's a sociocultural question: Does the vocal style equate to how, especially because when it gets made big popular? Mm-hmm. My thought wave on this idea is that when it becomes big popular. That means that the music is reflecting the feelings of the populace, of the population. And I'm saying that statistically. So 
it's sort of an interesting I... question of like you have the nasally yelling or angrier emotions of Blink-182 going mm-hmm. through like our teenage years and we're sort of the leading factor in the market being teenagers. Yeah. That's where a lot of things are focusing on with video games and music these days, right? Right. Yeah. So then does a day to remember and sort of that more yelling style equate to the evolution of how the population feels about how their lives are going they get more yelly because they've tried being whiny or what could have been interpreted as whining and now it's getting yelly and now we have like freaking um cory trying to get the nfl to like respect rock so we're about to have like you give it a couple years we could have slipknot headlining at freaking the nfl because like because... I, would, I would 100% be about that, um, but I don't. I don't know, man. Because you see, what's popular right now is just like. Well, what is actually? And, yeah, what is actually and, like actual and that pop? Dumb Lizzo song that's out that everybody loves to fucking yeah. make memes about right now. Like, yeah, I just like like that. The, you're looking at that, and like that's what's popular. If you want to go like that, it's like. Well, it's we actually have a in pop culture. We, yeah. we have a bigger issue than if that's what was what's reflecting the state of mind of 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 culture in general. Is mm-hmm. just like. Like, so if, like, how somebody sounds, if you want to say, like, how some of these vocals are, are going about is, like, how it's, like, well, we have somebody who doesn't know how to hold a pitch, and that's where the populace is feeling yeah. in our heads is we don't know, well, or we don't know how to hold ourselves to a steady anything. Well, I think that there's something where there's, a, I think everything got really cheap with the greed-based culture, yeah. and no one spends enough time in their early years with, like, the public schooling to, like, really appreciate any crafts. Yeah, like at all. Like well, that's where I mean, like we see the influx of pop artists these days. The influx and outflux. There's there hasn't been a really a steady pop artist. I think the last the last pop artist that came out that was like around for years that was new was Taylor Swift. I would want to get. I would want to throw Ed in there because he's gone four albums deep and is still like really Sheeran? Sheeran. Yeah. Yeah, he came out like what 2014. Yeah. All right, so yeah, Ed Sheeran was probably the last big pop artist that came out, made it big, and is still around. Yeah. They rotate out heavily. Yeah, like, well, like, I'm waiting for, like, I'm, I think Cardi B is on this um, Netflix reality show where they're trying to find the next big hip-hop artist and like that. I think she's really there just for, like, that. She needs to go away. Oh, no, me and Melanie, me and Melanie only watched the first episode of whatever the fuck that show is called, where it's, like, T.I., Chance the Rapper, and Cardi B, like, evaluating, like, kids from the streets, like, you know, young adults from the streets that are trying to, like, become the next big hip-hop rap artist. Uh Uh-huh. And she never has anything of substance to say. Yeah, well, I mean, when you brag about raping people to steal their, or, like, drugging people to fuck them to steal their money, you don't really have a leg to stand on in terms of, like, substance anything anyway. Yeah. People, people are like, well, she was just trying to get by. Yeah, but if some guy did that, y'all be raising a fucking pitchfork. Like, mom. That's where it's this... So, like, get out of my face. The biggest joke is that we want equality, but it's more of, like, it's a different... It's actually they more... don't They don't want equality. They want... Power grabs. Yeah, it's... it's People don't want to... See, what it's... it's what was it? There was a line and for this. There was a line this. for this. There was a line for this where someone's like, "You don't want to be. Tr- you don't want to be equal. You just. You want to be. You want to be special. You want to be at. You want to have all the privileges of a man, but don't be treated like one. Right. That's it. You want all the privileges of being a man without and being treated like and one. And that's. And I'm gonna be honest. That's probably the vocal majority of of, of the shitty version of feminists that yeah, are yeah, out there. Yeah. Um. The not Emma Watsons. The the the, the shitty SJW feminists. Yeah. Like not true feminism, where it's like we want equal and we'll take the punishment the same, everything yeah. the same. Like I'm about that. You want to be like. It's like the women who are like they're, they're the who ones are like I will slap a man, but you can't slap me. Bullshit! You slap a man, you're gonna get your shit slapped back. Do yeah. not, do not step if you're not willing to get stepped back on. Like yeah. I hate that shit. Yeah. Well, that's where like I wish I had, I don't think I have a good driving point here. I don't think it's gonna end in a good point. 
Peterson, being a clinical psychologist, points out that there's a very distinct thing between in male culture and mm-hmm. that the reason there's not more fights is because men understand that there's a threat of violence when there's a disagreement. Yeah. And while it can, like people, some guys just go out looking for a fucking fight. Yeah, I've been there. But, but like, have you been going looking for a fight or just been like the victim of, of one looking no, for a fight? No, I, I got, it was, dude, it was shitty. I was like 21 and I went through a really shitty breakup and I wanted to, I just like, I'm going to go get drunk. I'm going to go fucking fight somebody. I'm, no, it's not going to end well. Because I was, you know, was, I was like, what, 21? So I was like, fuck 20? Yeah. Buck 10? You know? I was oh, God. I, was, I mean, not much but not much smaller than I am now. I'm only like 130 right now, but still, it's like. You're just weighed down by depression now, basically. Oh, like, yeah, pretty much. It's like, the only reason I was floating away is because I was just so sad. But like, so like, <laughs> yeah, no, so, so the thing that Jordan went to drive on when he was talking to, I think, another clinician in like a podcast was that that dynamic doesn't happen between men and women. Because there's not a like there can be a threat of violence if it's like an unrational irrational like mm-hmm. guy, but in a standard like if it's a standard deviation like or it's a it's an average guy versus an average girl mm-hmm. and the disagreement and the average girl turns out to be like you know femme Nazi extreme, the guy is the average rational guy has no counter to it because the next step would be violence yeah. to communicate differently. Because I think people always put violence in this bin of trash and right. they, and they don't – when like there's too many obvious examples of guys getting into physical fights and walking away best friends. Yeah. There's too many stories of that. It's – And there's too many things where like we are trying to pretend we're higher than we are when it's like, no, we're still fucking monkeys here. Yeah. And there's a reason that like letting kids have their fights – or like the old thing where like cops would just stand there and let kids have fair fights in the streets. Mm-hmm. It's like sort your shit out. Yeah. Either you gonna talk it out or you're gonna fight it out. Yeah. There's not I'm... enough of that these days because because everybody's getting all butthurt about it. Well, no, everything time, got too motherly. Like... Everything got way too motherly. Yeah. Like 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 uh, and there's this weird thing. So you know how um there's the like in the toxic masculinity in a way where men would like oh like a asshole father figures or husbands mm-hmm. would like hear a woman's tuition and say fuck off with that there's no logic for there's no basis right. for what you're talking about the reverse is happening now where there's something in the intuition of a guy of a man of a father to say let the kid get hurt mm-hmm. let the kids fight let the kid explore and we're only now getting like the beginning of sciences and psychology that is able to basically look at like the overmotherly things of being too healthy, of being too clean, of being too safe. Yeah. To where like our immune systems are shit out of these kids. Yeah. Our we don't have any good conflict resolution. No one knows how to have one on one conversations or, you know, socialize. Yeah. Because the technology is too addictive. Mm. And so that's where like these one on ones like what we're having right now are gold. Right. And a lot of the kids from our generation or even, like, sort of the Gen Zs are seeing where, like, hey, Facebook and shit, hyper-addictive, doesn't add as much value as you would think right. as we all sort of thought. And I feel there is a – because I always feel like I'm trying to sense the next step. I feel like there is something that's going to revive old customs of communication and existence mm-hmm. that will help balance it but is going to help realize the value of... Well, it's going to be the great big internet bubble of 20-whatever. And what's what's perpetuating that or what's going to bring it on faster is... is um, Take dating apps, for example. 
Well, yeah, they like been, who's well, who's not on Tinder, Bumble, Hinge? Uh, I, I didn't get on any of them. Whatever. I, I didn't get on any of them. Whatever. But yeah, but but you're shacked up. I mean, like you, you look at <laughs> you look at a you know how many people are going out to a bar. You know, you don't you don't see squads of guys going out to a bar without one of those things on their phone at any point. Yeah. You know, in in but in that's how where they're everyone's... gonna look for look for somebody because it's like. But there's like, a certain amount of that that just makes it like like it, and it'll take people it takes people a time it takes people it could probably take some of them people a, some of those young people a decade to figure it out. But they're just like they are turning themselves and the people that they're looking for into just products. Yeah, and it takes away from things that they really want, at least they'll eventually really want. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I am as like I'm mentally preparing myself for when I have kids and stuff like that, depending on how crazy they fucking get. Because I was, I never really got around. I never really cared to get to the sleeping around idea. Like I could never do that. I have been far too like a uh, demisexual. Good for you. And yeah, like I'm not. Like, I'm, and I'm not knocking that at all. I'm yo good for you for not being a man whore. I had a year of that. Boy, let me tell you, way <laughs> too much effort. I think that's what I usually hear. Either they're like, really good at it. They're really good at it, but it's a very complicated good at it because there's so much to fucking process. It's, it's so dumb. So like, what was it? Good old, good old 2015, 2016. I feel like that good for you that you just gave me was like, yeah. I wish I would have done what you did. No, dude. But, uh, so I was, that's my issues. I don't have, like, I didn't develop like every other teenager going out and fucking around with everybody in high school. Yeah. I was too focused on fucking playing music. Oh, I yeah. I gave fuck off to my friendships. I had like two friends in high school and all I did was Band. go home and just drum, drum, play drum, drums. Drum, drum. Yeah, that was it. I didn't start going out and like, my going out and socializing is going to shows. Yeah. Like, where I interact with, you know, two, three, four, five hundred people at a fucking time. Yeah. It's stressful as fuck, because, like, I still have that... I've, I've, I've you developed had so- you myself ha- into social anxiety. Yeah. Through... Isolation. I Through that isolation. So it's like, I go and I do it, but, like, when I'm done doing that and, and glad-handing and everything and, and mm. not saying, like, I hate doing it, like, I love meeting all these people and it's really, really great, but, yeah. like... It's super emotionally exhausting, and at the end of the day, like the next, I'm just dead. I'm fucking dead the next day. Yeah, like I, I gotta sit in. There's certain parts of it that are that I think are okay. It's yeah. the fact that you isolated yourself so hard, and I think that's the problem with like the social media aspect is mm-hmm. that it isolates people so hard that they get this social anxiety, which the older generation wants to call bullshit on. And I agree on the bullshit to an extent. Yeah, it's that. Yeah, you know what the fucking problem is is that you don't make your young kids like four years old or younger, or even just pre ten mm. to like. We're going to put all the fucking devices away. Yeah, dude. And we're going to go out to social events and we're going to talk to people. And, like, the big fucking problem there is that the rest of the fucking population isn't fucking doing well, it. Well, I mean, when I was, when we were young, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal to be playing fucking PlayStation or, or Nintendo all day because you had 10 other people in the room with you swapping yes. out. Yeah. These days, okay. and, and to, to an extent, to an oh, extent God. these days, now that, like, the internet's a thing, mm-hmm. I can sit in my room and I got no big ass argument with my ex-girlfriend about this about like she's like you don't ever want to go out and hang out with people i'm like like all you do is sit and play video games all day yes i'm in my room playing video games all day however i'm connected with 10 other people across the fucking planet yeah like and i and that's a different kind of interaction than going out and interacting with people but you're still interacting with people yeah like like it's still there it's not it's it's still no no i'm not sitting there like punching my friend in the ball so he fucks up on this next corner in pod racer I've got to win this one to win this bet. I'm not sitting there going, nope. 
but it's it's oh my god but it's it's you know piece of shit yeah i was eight fuck off um but uh oh my god that's fantastic but but you didn't screen look in halo like come on no like so there's there's different dynamics going on in these interactions these days but like if some kid's like four years old on their fucking tablet put that shit away and either get get like a nintendo system where this kid and five of his friends can sit around and play the nintendo because thank god nintendo's like one of the few people still doing split screen or, or tv couch centric that game. was a problem that i found when i was getting to like when we we're trying to get into the let's play level of the production for a pseudo mm-hmm. is that there are very i have to actually go into steam and hound these games to figure out if it's a split screen or a top-down design and the, uh, well, we have a. I got a. Fuck that, dude! It's so dumb. Like it's. You need. It's, I would need. Like the reality is that to do anything like Achievement Hunter is that you need Achievement Hunter's budget. You need. You need at least four. You need. Well, say you want to play a four-player game. You need four, four TVs, p- four consoles, four setups. You have the whole fucking thing. Yeah. And it's really, really frustrating when you're trying to play, like, when Halo Four came out, mm-hmm. and and uh, I did me and. Um, you remember Josh Hager? Yeah, 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 with Shannon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we went to the Halo launch. I brought my Xbox over, and um, his roommates. We all we all got in. We played a a bunch of the campaign, and then we went. And we we did. We took a break from the campaign. We do multiplayer. Yeah. Well, we had to set up. We had set up three or four Xboxes, three or four TVs. We had to get three or four internet connections set up. Like we had to do the whole thing. You know, this is 2012. Yeah. It's the end of 2012. You had to hope there was enough Ethernet ports in the damn router. In the router. Oh, we unplugged some shit. We plugged them all in. But, like, yeah. but, like, but that was it. That was the start of that. Like, Whereas if you wanted to do that with Halo 2 or Halo, Halo 2 1. Or 3, like Halo, Halo one, 3 multiplayer. I remember I, remember you, I was could, a, you could do four people on the same console. Uh, or it was two people. You could do two people split screen. But you could match make with two other people so yeah have, well you know. old xbox you could act what i remember this old setup that um was like in my neighborhood was that it was like it was two different tvs mm-hmm. two xboxes mm-hmm. but eight people could play mm-hmm. like they had like a distinct LAN. yeah it was like a lan ad hoc like, yeah yeah you could you, all you had to do is plug um one xbox. you had one router you could plug everybody into the same router or you, if you only needed the two xboxes you just need one ethernet cable to plug xbox to xbox yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. like and I think that the gaming industry just decided, like, well, if we make, if we get rid of that option, then now they have to buy more or some shit like that. Well, maybe. So part of it, part of it is just limitations. A lot of people want 1080 60 FPS yeah. or 4K 60 FPS. You can't do that split screen anymore. It's yeah. Like that's why that's why in Halo Five there is no split screen. They can't give they couldn't give the players 60 FPS and split screen because yeah. the console has to emulate the. The environment twice yeah it's just too much for the even, yeah even the one x can't handle that and yeah. the one x is the most advanced console out there yeah like a piece pcs have problems doing that well yeah well, unless you've got a less four thousand well, dollar well, and like even talking like overwatch like if you wanted to play like peak overwatch you need to be looking for the cap the highest cap of frames like over 200 over like 300 frames per second yeah. like what level of processing and memory like do you need to build to split screen that level of fucking play like it's huge ass yeah and 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 the thing is like it, what 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 are you going to trade off to make that happen so i mean luckily with the next halo we're getting split screen back but i think it's only going to be up to two players i don't yeah. think they're going to be able to, i don't think they're going to do four player um split mm-hmm. screen you might be able to do four player online match made split screen and, and then do two people on each console yeah two and but, two yeah but um 
that's that's the big issue with with hardware it is right now people want 1080 60 or 4k whatever and they want split screen it's just not within the capabilities of the hardware we have yeah and at that point we're looking at i mean i don't think that i think the next generation of consoles will be the last gen- generation of consoles we're gonna yeah. have before it might as well just all be computers. PC, yeah like and then they're just gonna tag a logo on it but that's when the the, the manufacturers are gonna need to get together and be like what do we need to do combine our builds and put it out there as one universe because crossplay is already a thing yeah like pc versus console and stuff like that no well we've got you've got xbox players can play with switch players can play with i'm gonna use paladins as my example xbox playstation switch and pc players can all play against each other right now in paladins yeah it's there you know and i when i swapped from destiny from xbox to to pc i was trying to learn mouse and keyboard i went into that game with a controller and i was wrecking people with mouse and keyboard so i don't know what this mouse and keyboard is better than controller crap is like i i thoroughly believe that like i thought the statistics were there i looked at it i'm like you have way more accuracy yeah. and control over yourself with a mouse i went into that game with a controller you know i would take i would like spend like an hour doing mouse and keyboard then i jump in with a controller and i was wrecking fucking face yeah with a controller like, so take take that for what you will internet but like, well i will i will let you know like the, some pro players some pro players when they play like lucio mm-hmm. they play with they play with a controller yeah. or they play like half controller and half mouse yeah. because like yeah the whole 360 for like the mouse movement definitely yeah. but for like sucks for movement well i bought a, i bought a peripheral from uh razor mm-hmm. the i think it's called the orb weaver okay it's got, like 20 buttons on it and then like a thumbstick yeah I put the thumbstick WASD in like the individual movements in between, like the the corner movements as well. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah. You know, and everything's everything's out here. You know, I've got all the buttons I need right here. And yeah. Then, like the four other extra buttons on my mouse. Yeah. I don't need to touch the actual keyboard. Yeah. No. Um. Magic Carpies Fly, a YouTube content creator now, a Twitch streamer. He actually basically explained like why or, like he never played. He has actually never played uh, League of Legends with a keyboard because he had an editor's mouse. Mm-hmm. So like. The one mouse has keybound everything he could do. Flash, Ignite, yeah. QW, QWER. Yeah. Like he never has to touch a keyboard. And I'm just and I've always I've had that wish listed on my Amazon for like four years now. But that's why I'm super excited for the new um Well, I play with the the Xbox Elite controllers. It's got the paddles on it. Oh okay. my thumb so I have I have A, B, X, and Y put on the paddles. My thumbs don't ever leave the sticks. Nice. Yeah. So like I've got shoulder buttons. I realized that like playing something recently where like it might have been Gauntlet or something like that, mm-hmm. but like my need to like jump over my thumb, my right thumb between um, the buttons and then the right stick mm-hmm. was just so jarring, especially when like so like with Gauntlet, in order to aim, you have to be pushing like the right joystick. And is the it right the top down or is the it's the top person. down top okay. down Gauntlet? Yeah. So like you have the whole three, you have the whole you know three sixty, mm-hmm. and I had this issue where like how I would hit make con- first contact with the right joystick. Mm-hmm would just fuck up my ability to aim like my spells as the wizard mm-hmm. so i'm just sitting there just like throwing like a firebomb in the 180 direction of where i want to go and i was like well i'm about to die to zombies yeah. like fuck me yeah dude it's i'm gonna be honest dude that that 150 i spent on that controller back in 2015 early 2016 whatever it was i've had the controller for three and a half years now yeah. like it's great it started fucking up on me the stick drift uh over the summer um, or early this early this year, yeah. I brought it in the Microsoft Microsoft store. They just gave me a new one. Fuck off! Like, like yeah, they were well, because it was such a prevalent issue, and they had stopped producing them um, because the second one was gonna be was gonna come out or gonna yeah. be announced or whatever. It comes out I think next month. I need to pre order my version two actually, but um, 
yeah dude it's great the hair trigger locks the whole thing like it's 100 worth the 150 dollars. i think the controller game is like getting up to where it could actually be like mouse and keyboard because mouse and keyboard is actually like very limited in terms of at least the keyboard aspect well you have to be able to move across there's it's just huge well you have well there's a lot of the, the thing about like with keyboard and actually w was a wasd was like this was like brought was created by like a cot was like a call of duty player or something like that the thing with like the mouse and the keyboard aspect at least is that you have an infinite number of buttons to press more or less mm-hmm. like you, you know there's not an infinite number yeah, yeah but like you have this awkward reach setup that's not as ergonomic as like a controller is supposed to be designed for right. and so that's where i definitely understand like when pro players like figure out how to have like one hand on the mouse and one hand on a key on a keyboard because now like all five of your fingers are like comfortably like resting on all the buttons you need to hit well that's that's the only downside to a controller is you really only have access to your thumbs and your trigger fingers yeah and that's where the paddles the paddles figure but yeah the paddles come in and that's it so the only thing not really doing anything are my my pinkies yeah but those are like those can be like anchors yeah yeah something's got to hold the fucking controller yeah so like um, and the really the only thumb that comes off the stick is my my left thumb to hit the D pad. That's mm-hmm. and even then you're barely using that for anything. Like in Halo, I'm just spamming grenades. I don't even need to worry about selecting my grenade. I'm just eat all of them at once, you know. Just like just chuck <laughs> yeet, grenades. Yeet, I don't give a yeet, fuck. Yeet, yeah, eat them, eat them all, <laughs> fucking across the. Yeah, I'm just eating grenades or like chucking grenades at the uh, the enemies, just eating through my supplies. So it's, you know, it's it's great. Um and i can't wait you know i i can like name i'm sure if i thought about it, i can name all the updates they did to version two of the elite controller mm-hmm. but like you can you can put in presets so my presets for um, my elite controller right now are fps preset and then i have one for overwatch slash monster hunter mm-hmm. two games which i haven't played in well over a year <laughs> fucking bought monster hunter world played it for like a week two weeks and i was done with it because i just can't it's so like De- i thought destiny was a grindy game monster hunter is the grindiest game in all of creation Holy crap. Like the newest Monster Hunter? Yeah, the... Monster Hunter World. Like, is it just giant open world and like good fucking luck, like playing? No, through? it's 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 semi open. It's not really open, but it's like here's your mission: go hunt this monster. But if you want to make gear mm-hmm. from that monster, like the getaway, you have to you have to hunt these things. So it's a huge hunting craft, basically. And you have to hunt them a hundred fucking times to get the parts to make the armor. Then you have to go out and find the next monster, get that to upgrade the armor. It's just, it is. The world's biggest fetch quest. What are you doing? I, you, you can get up and just leave. You ridiculous in, Internet, there's a woman army crawling on the floor. Yeah. Uh, there she is. No. Yeah. You can see her head now. Off she goes. <laughs> um. But yeah, dude, I had friends that were playing it, and they like breezed through it, but I was like playing it by myself, and it was just rough. Like, I, I can't do it worst i think that's the only game i've ever played where i've ever bought and played where i'm like i regret this purchase let's see if it's actually working but uh it is whatever oh why can't i hear it Left. all right oh. all right it's like <laughs> yay we fixed okay. it round two lesson accomplished like <laughs> <laughs> two and a half hours later i'm just really happy that the recording was there and then one of the other tracks mm. so it'll be like Shut up! Right. I know, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, Ooh, that would have been heartbreaking. It would have been a bit, but I was really happy about this because I have a bad. I'm a. I. There's a certain amount of where you want to support local artists. Yeah. But either scheduling or money and being, I'm very frugal 
So, like, I've been supporting you for years, but I've never actually gone to a show or bought merch or anything. It's okay. And it's one of those where it's, like, I see this for, like, my friend, my childhood friend's band, Lionia, and your band, if they all want to come on as a really good form of marketing that I, at least I appreciate mm-hmm. for just, like, who the fuck are these people and like what do they what do they nerd out about that they can that like their audience could really attach to yeah and just like you know helping people like brand build in a long form like full way as opposed to just short little quip stuff or that two seconds while buying merch at the table right well if my 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 uh tribute act sold merch they'd be more than welcome to hit me up for some we just think it's weird to sell like Blink like Blink One Eighty Two tribute artist like merch. Yeah, it feels that, that does feel like a weird like slime. the they're like the Nirvana cover band tribute act I was talking about earlier. They sell shirts and shit, and I'm just like, it's the it's the Nirvana with like the dead smiley face flipped with their name on it. It's Nirvana, so it's with two ends, and I'm just like, that just it just makes me feel dirty if I tried to do that. Like like good on them for like marketing it or whatever, but I just like I I couldn't feel good about like we've toyed with the idea over the last couple of, like the last year of yeah. doing merch just because yeah. like we should because people buy fucking shirts we just like yeah we've gone like three gone through three four name changes over the last two years yeah um you know we were up all night then we were the mark tom and travis show and then we were no we just that was that and then we were blink 182 mm-hmm. and um we're we're sticking with this now although i like the mark tom and travis show but nobody really got it yeah like it's it's weird that people don't know the names of the band members sometimes. Well, that, they, that was their live record was called the Mark, Tom, and Travis show. Yeah. yeah. Like, 90, like 2000, 99, 2000 yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And so, like, we just took all that album art. We pasted our faces on it or whatever. It's, it's yeah. Up there it looked really cool. I really liked it. We have a couple of stuff, but it's like, but like, nobody got it. So I was like, oh. But people get Blink-182, do. So I'm like, it's great, but it's this whole list of things we have to put on. Yeah. Like a shirt. Or, I mean, to be fair, Mark, Tom, and Travis show is also, like, this huge thing. We'd have to put on a shirt or stickers yeah. or whatever, but... Well, that's a game. That's that's a game to play there and everything. But like, yeah, does so does all that work? Sort of is that the reason why you guys don't head towards a merchandising area, or does it just feel like odd being like a tribute band? It just feels weird doing it. Yeah, because it's, like, it's like we're already doing cover art of another band, we're just, and then now we're trying to like explicitly make money off of their art we wouldn't like try and plagiarize their shirts like we'd come up with original designs and stuff yeah definitely but it's like they'd still have to pay homage to blink in such a way that like it makes sense you'd almost be better off like with fan art Mm -hmm. like if you could actually like royalty or licensure like fan art of blink 182 and turn into shirts and like that's a way that's the way i could see you going yeah that would be I think that would help bring in some more wholesome pieces mm-hmm. to what can initially be a slimy feeling like yeah it just, it just feels like maybe dirty is the wrong word but it definitely feels off to like yeah because sell things that for for we're for like we're not even doing our own art in the first place like in terms of like music yeah like we're just playing other people's songs like now we're gonna start selling other people's shirts and stuff like it just it just like doesn't and you're not, it's, and there's it, not, it, and you don't have a written agreement with like yeah, Blink Two. Like, it just feels like we're trying, like we're kind of stealing, even though like we're not. Like, yeah, it's, it's just like you, you don't feel great playing, about it. Playing someone else's art and very obviously playing someone else's yeah. art, like, like, I'm curious about the day because, like, I'm curious if it'll ever happen. If there'll be like cover stand-up comedians, like people that go oh, up and do man. like Rodney Dangerfield or go up and do um, Jeff Foxworthy and I stuff like that. I was listening to. That's like just like an Elvis impersonator. That yeah, 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 like that's the whole point. It's yeah. like whatever. But no, I was listening to um, Joe Rogan last month, mm-hmm. 
um, and they were talking about, and I forget who he was talking to. I can't. Uh, Might have been Gaffigan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. Um, yeah, he was. On they were song. talking about some guy who was doing a tribute set yeah. to a comedian, and he was doing all the same jokes and the same yeah, mannerisms. I think I remember you talking about. Yeah, but it, they, like he wasn't landing it just right. Like mm. it's yeah, that's the whole thing. That's that's an even that's like an even like that level steeper of fall is like if you're not hitting the the timing and everything in those jokes just perfectly. Yeah, bomb. that that's that's an art people don't won't call, normal people won't call an art, and I'm a I'm a huge stand up nerd. Yeah, on account of like I've been watching and listening to things for so long that at this point I don't even want to watch any of the new Netflix specials because I think the word I want to use is overproduced for some reason, but I think it's because we've gotten so anti free speechy that it's hard to listen to those things as freely as we did years ago. Where like anything could happen or anything could be said, mm. and anyone being offended wasn't like hanging out in the back of people's minds. Well, it's like you watch Chappelle specials, right? Oh you, no, I actually have like man didn't give a fuck. No, my ma- my friend Kevin got me like the full like box set, basically like it's like you know two CD packs yeah. of all of Chappelle show, and I watched like the first episode, and it's got the freak. It's like the first two episodes have the uh, Black Klansman in it. Yeah, like just. Well, no, I'm talking gate. like the, the new specials that are on Netflix, though. Oh, You've yeah. Seen those, right? But Dave doesn't. Dave and Bill Burr are at peak enough where they can just not give a shit and they can say what needs to be said. And they, they're doing it like Dave can just do whatever the fuck he wants anyway. Oh, like, yeah. but, but yeah, it's like shit came up and he's like, you know, the worst, the worst people who offended comedians, you people, yeah, you people are the worst. It's yeah. just like, fuck yeah, good, good on, and that's the thing, man. That's 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 like a performance art in general. Is, oh, it is. is it the, is. The audience is just. If you want to like overly sensitive, I always like, I always try to tell people like the different. The, so here's the difference between improv comedy and stand up comedy. Uh, improv should look rehearsed, and stand up should look improvised. Yeah. And the difference is that stand up comedy they have been going on stage doing the same joke for a whole year mm. to find exactly how to say it every time that it is funny yeah and they find every single part about that joke that's funny like little things little transitions little Mm. side roads shit like that like it is there is an there is a touch of improvisation in discovering the funny parts of a topic or of a joke as you explore it yeah meanwhile improvisation is going up there getting like maybe one cat call of a topic and then making like a whole scene or a whole story or a whole fucking thing about it yeah and but you're executing in a way that it looks like a rehearsed performance yeah um yeah well it's like you know you'll see joe rogan and stuff they're like well we go to the little clubs to practice you don't go up on stage in the, the arenas and then did you hear did you listen to a before did you listen to his kevin hart episode i haven't yet kevin hart basically explains that he'll do like little clubs like at the beginning mm-hmm. but before he even gets to like that special he's practicing in arenas yeah that's, like that's, that's what crazy he, most most of the stand-up comments like even joe rogan like level that are like really stuck in the game they're practicing in theaters, but they're going to shoot it in a theater or something like that. They may shoot in an arena. Right. But, like, Kevin Hart practices, do the, does the last practices of his bits in arenas. Yeah, but he's doing he it in little special. clubs beforehand, though. Oh, yeah. It always, so, so he's building it. So, so what he's doing is he's building it in clubs, well, what testing Kevin, it in arenas, and then shooting a special. Well, he, actually, it's a progression. He always starts out, they always start in little clubs. All right. of them always start in little clubs. Mm-hmm. And Kevin, like, go, Kevin travels 
Kevin Hart travels travels around the country to little clubs that are in the middle of fucking nowhere. And nobody knows or whatever. Yeah, because it's on the, I don't want my shit getting out before it's ready. Yeah. And so he'll be in little clubs. He'll eventually get to the bigger clubs where mm-hmm. in comfort. Um, and then he'll go to theaters and practice, be practicing. Theater. Then he'll go to arenas. And until he's satisfied with the sound of the arenas, mm-hmm. he will not shoot the special. Okay. I get that. Which is like, a, it's... It's like playing to the room. Yeah, no, I get that 100%. Yeah. Which is just like for like, and that, and he's the only one that does that. He's the only that has that kind of scale mm-hmm. that lets him do that. Chappelle could, but Chappelle just is a goddamn genius, and just I don't think he practices that much. He pulled no, out, he, he like he has pulled a conversation out, with the with the he, audience. Yeah, he, he, it's very conversational. Yeah, at least in terms of how it's ex- executed. Whether or not it is fully improvised conversation is like questionable. I mean, he's probably rehearsed it at some point. Yeah. No that's where it's like i think what he's saying is very sincere and it's there yeah but knowing that it's stand-up comedy there's there i would put money that it was rehearsed beforehand but Chappelle is so on his game that he could probably improvise he, there's a lot of things in there that look like that's so that looks so improvised especially with audience interactions yeah. like that's improvised yeah it's like fuck off guy i've got i got a, something important to say here yeah like but he puts he put what did he take like a year off in between equanimity and then this next one with sticks and stones sounds about right sounds like a year and he pulls out like another another one which is like about on par for most stand-ups these days but he pulled out two and then pulls out another one yeah yeah this is dave Chappelle where it took him 15 years to do anything so it's like yeah but he's like a year is he's like chilling out with family and kids and whatever and all the money he's got like he was doing stuff but like he wasn't he wasn't like working yeah well he he just can't get out of like he loves stand-up and comedy as like it's you just can't get away from it. Loves it too much. Man, we, 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 fucking, we need someone that's that funny and that far ahead to basically like stand up for like, by my estimation, by standing up for free speech. Yeah. Because if I think the the litmus test for free speech in your country is whether or not you have stand up comics, like full bred stand up comics yeah. that can say whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, and get away with it. Yeah. Because like in Europe, what's well, that's, that's the thing is like not so much people try to hold shit against stand-up comics all the time like when bill burr came out about the whole thing about the catholic church he's like don't you think you went a little bit too far with the catholic church and he's just like don't you think the catholic church, church went a little, little bit too, too far? far yeah and like people were like whoa what and like people like had to try and de- like either you had either to backpedal defend. hard yeah you either had to be like well, that's not what i meant or they had to defend what the fucking church did and it's like oh uh, you want to take that that stance like it's no. one of those where like through his comedy he is basically like demanding responsibility for horrible things that yeah. happened and people like it's the softy motherly thing that we talked about where it's like yeah. you're being a little too hard it's like bitch like, no shut this your... is shut up this is how it needs to be it's and like hold the fuckers responsible for yeah. fucking your kids like shit yeah it's so great Bother me. paper tiger was really good too yeah i didn't watch that he's I, he's like i got so many demons and i don't want my i don't want my daughter growing up angry like i am yeah. all the fucking time i'm just like dude that's real man that's so good just because he's just angry boston all the fucking time and it's so funny but like you can sense like the often like the very real of just like i need to be a better person all the fucking time like, yeah the list for like the things my wife needs to work on is like bad things that i need to work on could fill this fucking room it's like oh man it's funny it's hilarious it's funny it's hilarious and it feels very honest which is very good mm-hmm. very good shit oh <sighs> 
I was looking at what we're trying to see what the comment said. Oh, that was Frank, you friend, saying, can't hear anything. I was like, ah. Oh, still? Oh, shit. Is it? No, no, we're still good. That's an old okay. one. That's that's the old chat still. So I think. Like, ah! We'll check it, like, one more time right now just to, like, double check that this shit's working. <laughs> I know, right? It feels so bad. Just be like, oh, well, it's done. Well, it's like, thanks for coming. Can't see anything. Come on, where the fuck is that? Insights. There. Oh, that's the old. That's from that. Oh, yeah, we're back with sound. Yep, there we go. All right, cool. Set. <laughs> God damn. It's all right. You can just fix it in post. It's one of my favorite things about the entertainment industry. Yes, fix everything in post. The thing is that I don't. Yeah. The thing is that this is this is supposed to be very much just like unedited stuff. So like, and especially now that I know I can do the studio mode like that mm. and just transition, like. I may add in text underneath the JHP logo for just like who, which episode number and whose name it is. But after that, like all I'm just really, let it run. all I'm doing for this post now is just combining this recording with the They're previous just recording. Put the two clips together. Yeah. yeah, and like the live recording will just be two different posts, and it's like, hey, here's one that's like no sound the whole fucking way through. But like, here's the link to the thing if you want to see what we said. Like in the description for that, we're dumb and don't know how to set shit up appropriately. It's all right, man. It's, it happens. I've done that before. This shit is complicated, man. Like when I was yeah, running, when live I was... sound is even studio sound is a nightmare. Look, don't ever try to mic up a drum kit. It's a fucking nightmare. Just putting the mics in the right place for each drum or something like that, and then running them, to, running the chords to the board, and making sure you get your levels right for each individual drum before you oh, even run it into the run to the, to the computer. You know, you want to know how long it takes me to like? So if I'm going in to record drums, like I have a I have a fairly sizable drum set at this point. I actually took a picture of it last night, this morning. How long does a drum last, normally? What do you mean? Like, does, is there a lifespan to a drum once you buy it? A uh, billion years. Like, you don't need to replace anything? Oh, no, like, you need to replace the drum heads, the part that gets hit. That, yeah. That I try to replace. Like, if I'm, let's say if I'm gigging regularly in a year, um, I'll replace snare drum heads. Um, let's say I'm playing once a week. Mm-hmm. I'll probably replace snare heads every once a month and i'll replace tom heads probably once a month as well mm-hmm. um kick heads i'll replace every six months to six to eight months okay um symbols as they break yeah and then sticks depends on how wore down they get but i'll okay. buy them i'll buy them like a brick at a time yeah yeah so you're just rotating through sticks and everything mm-hmm. yeah so my drum kit has gotten stupid over the last couple years i mean i worked at sam ash for a little while the music store so i was able to like get a lot of my stuff yeah so i was able to get like a lot of the hardware and stuff i wanted like each of the symbol stands is like 190 dollars like the symbol with the stand don't just the stand stand itself why is the stand so goddamn expensive like does it just absorb sound differently or something Uh, it's just they're heavy duty as fuck they don't move when i hit the symbol oh yeah so they're yeah they're heavy yeah that makes sense um like my ride symbol now like when i originally bought bought my ride symbol back in like 2006 2005 it was like 250 bucks um i bought one again when i was working for sam ash so i got for like 200 but now they run at like 380 dollars and i'm just like if that one breaks i'm fucked why are they rising in price i mean just inflation I guess just the way the, the cost the cost of materials. Yeah, you know they're made out of bronze. 
price of bronze going up bronze copper tin yeah it's a combination of metals and alloys and stuff so it's you kind of asking a question of like you get a good recycling program in there to like try to re like i got it, i got a whole st- oh no i guess i don't have that stack of broken symbols anymore i gave them to somebody but um uh yeah dude i've wanted that for a while i was gonna bring them to a scrapyard and see if i could sell them but i was like i probably won't get more than 20 bucks and there's like yeah, 700 dollars worth of symbols in here yeah, so it's like, no. yeah i don't know if you were there that one time we literally like threw out like put in a bunch of new shelves in the store like we had a we had a dump bin out back and it was full of like the white shelves and everything because mm-hmm. we were changing out and i asked like the scrapyard person there a forsyth i was like how much that's where i was gonna go yeah it's like the one scrapyard we know of in town basically yeah. And I asked her, I was like, what do y'all pay? And I, like, ran the math in my head of, like, how much labor it would take to, like, get my friend's trunk or rent a truck, go back to the store, pick up all the damn shelves out of the freaking dump bed, and then look, and then drive it over to the scrapyard. And I was like, there's not a lot of fucking money. Mm. And just, like, straight, just regular metal, basically. Yeah. I don't know, I think it'd be really... So, like, I've actually... Those shelves are made out of aluminum, right? Something like that. I don't know. They're light light yeah. solid metal so it could be aluminum so i don't know i could have gotten more money than i thought i could have but i'm just thinking about like what does it take to because i've done the actual metal work like that that knife there no over here like mm-hmm. right there, yeah the, yeah the um train spike like i've done the blacksmith work to like make that like i made that um with my uncles like help and stuff and i'm just thinking about like what what level of crafts does it take to like fix a symbol or to like make one like um to fix one if they've cracked you essentially have to melt it down and recast it yeah recast the whole fucking thing and then relay it and polish it up but it's a whole fucking process yeah that's why they're so expensive um then hammer it and whatever yeah um i mean a lot of it a lot of it was with certain symbols too it it just becomes you know cost of materials over time and their brand has just gotten a lot more popular like yeah for a long time zildjian was the go-to but then like sabian came out and piesty and Minel and all these other sent these other, these companies came over to the u.s or developed themselves in the u.s mm-hmm. and um zildjian's still like the top dog for the most part um but then i think a lot of a lot of their their rise in prices to do with their their rise in popularity and their yeah. artist, their artist roster, like Travis Barker is one of their artists, and so I think when like his popularity as a solo artist and stuff mm-hmm. kind of helped drive their prices up. Yeah, there's a certain point when also raising price can provide the image that you're higher value, whether or not it's true. So, yeah, right. I don't know. I think Zildjian symbols still sound killer. Like I, I really don't have any complaints with any of the ones I have any of the ones i've really ever had the only the only time i i got something that i didn't like from them was uh 2009 i was looking at a certain line of symbol they were they had and they had just discontinued it and so the music store or the the, the site i was buying from had the new line that was coming out to replace it but they didn't have the old one and i got the same model symbol i would have gotten for the old line fucking hated it, it sounded like garbage i was so mad 270 dollars. could you return it what would I get instead, though? Okay, so like, you're, I was you're just stuck with it then. Pretty much, like I, I didn't know what else I wanted at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wanted that particular like weight and size of symbol, and it just sounded like shit. I had it till it broke. Like I, I played it for I think it was like a year and a half, two years before it, before before it broke. Um, 
and I learned thicker symbols aren't always better. Mm-hmm. So most of my stuff these days isn't super thick like that one was. Just okay. because the metal doesn't move and shift when you hit it, and the energy doesn't dissipate out. So the sound is sort of fudged up or something like that? or it, it just I mean, that one in particular didn't sound good in general. I guess it was the composition of metals in it, mm-hmm. the alloy, um, and how it was lathed and, and the shape of it. I just I didn't like it at all. I thought it sounded... Poopy butthole. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it was, it was 10 years ago at this point, so I don't even remember what it sounded like. I just remember not liking it for the whole year I had it. Oh, Jesus. It was just... I just did not enjoy it. Just one bad dart on your... Yeah, pretty much. Board. I mean, now I have no complaints on my setup. It's a mix between Siljan and Sabian. Solid. But if I had the money, I'd go straight Siljan. That's fine. Like, I'd replace what I have. But to replace the three things I need to replace is going to be like $700. So it's like... Hmm. Yeah, hmm. I don't know. Um, you, don't play, you, don't have a, you don't have a Switch at all, right? So you don't play that new that Goose game that came out? No, it's only on. It's I thought. It's, it's wait, it's not game. on Steam or anything. I don't think so. It might be coming to Steam, but I know. It like I watched so Switch. bad on that shit. No, I watched like Magic Reviews Fly like playing that shit. Like that shit looks fun as fuck. The Untitled Goose Game. It's super fun. I bought it on a whim, pretty much. Um, like before it got hot. No, it was after it got hot. Oh, okay. I I bought it on a whim. It was on sale. It's fifteen. It was fifteen dollars, and That's I was sale. riding along with a buddy of mine, and at work we were both we were both driving the day, and um. So I bought it. He's he. I bought the damn game. The man, that man is my my buddy's put more time into it than I have. Yeah. And like I bought the fucking game. Yeah, it's on my wish list. It was on Steam. It's on Steam. It's on oh, my good. wish list. It's where's the pricing? It should be like twenty bucks. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah, I think it was twenty bucks, if I remember correctly now, because I was like, I looked that up. It's it's a lot of fun walking around as a goose being an asshole. Basically. Like. It's it's a lot more fun than it should be. Well, this is weird. There's no buy it option. Oh, that's interesting. Like I remember seeing that there's a. Let me go. To, let me see if I can go to my wish list. Can I go to cart? Where's your goddamn wish list? Do I have the Steam app on my phone? Library. Get rid of that. Seven days to die. Wish list. Getting over it, lol. Nope, I don't have Steam on my phone anymore. Coming soon. So it's coming oh, soon okay. on Steam. Damn it. That's what I keep saying about Master Chief Collection, but whatever. <laughs> I'll be so excited when Halo Reach, Halo Reach hits fucking Master anniversary. Chief Collection. Well, they're not. They're up, they're bringing the graphics up a little bit, but they're not doing the anniversary thing for. Besides, uh, anniversary for Reach is. Uh, 2010 yeah that was 2010 already yeah i bought that on black friday november like right after like the first november after high school basically it's when i got my xbox 360 yeah and i've never played it since basically i have a ps3 and xbox 360 sitting in my closet just nice collecting and trading dust with each other yeah dude master chief collection is probably one of the greatest things that's come out for xbox is it just like a re-up of all the old old goodies it's just a collection of all four the original four the first four halo games and odst halo 1 halo 2 halo 3 odst and reach and halo 4 halo 4 reaches on its way to the master chief collection the reach was before four yes but it wasn't a master chief game neither was odst odst came in after after master chief collection came out 
Yeah. The game launched broken as fuck, but right now they've fixed it. It is so good. What was broken? Just balancing? Everything. The uh. entire... So it was like... They had like three companies put the game together. Oh, fuck. Yeah. And like then Bungie, they, 343, and... No, it was 343 Industries, um, Creative Assembly, I think, and then... Like one game did the one company did the UI, one company did the matchmaking, and one company did the uh, the campaign and stuff mm-hmm. for the Halo Two anniversary, which yeah. is gorgeous and plays phenomenally. But like, it was just a broken nightmare. So they've since fixed it. Works like a dream. Nice. And the cutscenes done by Blur for Halo Two anniversary. Because Blur doesn't fucking skip on cutscenes. Like they're crisp and full and <sighs> so good. See that was. So that's, why, saw, that's why oh. we're all hoping for for 2017 for the uh, Halo 3 anniversary. Mm-hmm. We were hoping it was going to get a textures update and it was going to look phenomenal with a bunch of blur cutscenes in it. But no, we didn't get anything. Ooh, the game would look so good. Pull, where, up, pull so the arc where, Okay, so here's a question. Where is Halo culture at at this point? Because like it's run its course. Bungie left. 343 did like for some a decent, sometimes a bad job with Halo 4. Depends depends on who you talk to and what about. I think Halo 4 is the best campaign since Halo 1. The multiplayer is absolute garbage. Um, yeah. And then Halo 5 came out. Campaign. Complete and utter garbage. But the multiplayer is the best it has ever been. Okay. And that game came out in 2000. Do they still keep Griffball in there? Yes. Griffball is on a rotation. On, was in one of the playlists. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah. Let's say Halo 5 came out in 2000. 15 so uh-huh. four years now and halo infinite doesn't come out till next year at the launch of the new console yeah so like and and halo 5's population is still pretty strong the competitive scene is the best it's been since halo 3 mm. is that international like how i don't know yeah. i just know like they're it's it, i just know in the general state of things it is the best it has been mm. in a long time there's there's like monthly tournaments at microsoft stores all the fucking time for some shit Hmm. Um, it's really so fun. maybe it's not as big as CS:GO or anything like no, that. No, it's nowhere near as big as that. But it's it's definitely good. However, once Halo hits PC, yeah, it's gonna blow the fuck back up. Yeah. And the cool thing about Master Chief Collection is you can download it one game at a time. Um, they're gonna launch it on PC one game at a time, starting with Reach, mm-hmm. and then they're gonna do um, I think one, two, three, and four, and mm-hmm. then ODST last. Yeah. Um, I need to go through ODST because like. I played with my friend a bit for, like, Halo 3, and I played Halo 1 with a friend as well, mm-hmm. so, like, Halo 2 is when I skipped, more or less, because of just how, like, I couldn't get... It's a I, long game, so if you if you want to take a day, like, two days to devote to a game, Halo 2 is going to be it, yeah. especially on Legendary. Yeah, but, like, ODST, I didn't, I didn't get a... I just got the impression from my friend who was way into it, was allowed to have mature-rated games mm-hmm. in the house, that ODST was just, like, here's, like, the Marines... Yeah, and here's like their storyline. You're just a dude. You're just you know you're uh you're one of the elite marines, the ODST, yeah. you know the hell jumpers. They drop into a battlefield. The game's not super long. Um, it's super fun. Yeah. Um, that's where Firefight sort of got its start. Yeah, Firefight started and then they refined it in in Reach. Reach. Um, they came out with a version of Firefight with Warzone and Halo Five. The the Warzone thing is a really weird game mode. It's teams of twelve. Mm-hmm. versus each other with an AI component thrown in. Like Firefight. Because like, Firefight had a potential to where you could have, like... Well, it was Warzone, and then Warzone Firefight is Survive the Waves, but Warzone itself is... There's three bases on the field. Yeah. 
And then you have your, your so there's the like kind of like planet side. Okay, go on. So there's there's like a middle base, two side bases, and then each team has their own main base. Hmm. You have to capture the three bases on the field and then go destroy the enemy team's core mm-hmm. at their base. Yeah. Or get a thousand points to win. Okay. And you get points by um, killing. killing the AI objectives. And killing players. And killing players. The yeah. player the player point is point value is like three. But killing AI opponents grants more the higher tier the opponent is yeah it's like one it's like one grunt 1.5 jackal and like two for like elite or something like that the elites end up being like 50 and then vehicles end up being like 100 200 and stuff and then like super vehicle it's 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 super fun it's really complicated and then like you can get different variants of of all the weapons in the game Mm -hmm. like there's different versions of the battle rifle the assault rifle um the rocket launcher there's like nine different versions of the rocket launcher wow the sword there's one version of the sword where like if you crouch it goes invisible and then you can walk around with a crouch and you'll get people with it. Um, just jump with the energy sword and just steady, steady. Yeah, there's one version of the energy sword gives you two uh, thruster pack boosts so you can dodge twice or rush mm-hmm. into your opponent. There's a version of the rocket launcher where if you stay zoomed in, you get a laser sight so you can guide your rockets. Mm. It's really cool. Um, super fun game mode. Um, a lot of people like to bitch because that's where the microtransactions were. A lot of people like to bitch that it was pay to win, but there's no ranking. They don't have any rank ladder or anything like that. Well, not in that version. I mean, yeah. there's a there's a competitive playlist like for SWAT, Slayer, um, doubles, snipers, like whatever. They have a they have all sorts of they have competitive, competitive ladders playlists. to actually do. But for like, because that bur- that what's that called again? The Warzone. Warzone. Yeah, that sounds like it could be a really fun like competitive thing to watch actually instead of well, just. Well, they so they the... came out they came out with a competitive version of it last year called Warlords, but you have to have a full team of twelve. Oh, that's it. too much of an ass. Like they just won't let you solo queue into it. It's 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 specifically that 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 playlist is specifically designed for teams to go in at it. That kills it. Like they're asking too much. Well, I mean, I'm gonna be honest. Playing that game mode, if everybody's not on the same team and communicating, you're fucked. It's it's like playing it by itself is a pain in the ass so if you're the one solo guy you're gonna have that one guy feeding the other team kills or not defending the base when it needs to be defended or yeah. you're gonna grab the wrong weapon or the wrong vehicle at the wrong time and go yeah. fuck it up for the rest of the team yeah there's a good reason it's for teams of 12 yeah so like i don't disagree with that decision at all that it, you need to have a full team of 12 that playlist doesn't really exist though i don't think anybody really plays it yeah specifically because it's really hard to get a team of 12 together it's hard to have 12 friends now. Like. Yeah, yeah. it's like, I don't have freaking, you know, but, you know, you have those kids or whatever in school that want to do it, but, like I said, dude, Halo 5 has been out for four years. Five years by the time Infinite comes out, so, well, the game has run its course. I mean, it's still populated, it's still good, but mm-hmm. it's just, like, the, it's, it's like a Halo- long time between Halo games. It's yeah. just, like, Halo usually has, like, three years between games, and yeah. coming up on six. That's sort of where it sounds like Halo culture is, like, sort of, like, it had its peaks back, like, like Reach was probably like just after post peak, mm-hmm. and it's been sort of dropping down. Well, since Reach then. came out, and everybody thought it was dead, and then they were like, "Okay, cool." And then Four came out, and the hype for Four was stupid. Yeah. Um, and the story for Four was really good. The big issue that everybody had with Four was, was a with the multiplayer with the random drops, and a lot of people had the issues they had with the story. Is there was a lot of things that they brought in from the books. Yeah. That, while really good the general populace Didn't know. hasn't seen hasn't read so it's like they don't know 
these and the, the, the five had the same issue, um, sort of. Five's issue, big issue with their story was their marketing, though. They marketed it as um, Chief has gone AWOL and mm-hmm. is fucking shit up, and you're playing this one guy hunting him down, and you were going to see both sides of the story. But in reality, that's not the case, and you were only playing as Chief and Blue Team, who were the Spartans he grew up with. Like know, Kelly and, and them? Yeah. Yeah. Um, only, I read they, I read a bit of Halo Reach the book and that was that was good shit. Yeah, they're only in four missions of the game. You're you only play as Chief and Blue Team in four missions of the game, or the rest of the time you're Fire Team Osiris, which isn't fine. They're not awful characters, but like one of the characters from ODST comes in and then he's a Spartan now. Oh, well, who was it? That? Buck. Nathan no, no, Nathan. no. I was thinking about. It. I think Closer Look had a really good. Right, I think it was Closer Look for someone else I was listening to recently, where no. I think it was Closer Look. Talked about how in Halo Reach, that last batch of fighting that you have, where you're just the last... Oh, you're the last guy like, like, on the planet? That is the most dramatic thing you've ever seen in a video game. I've never stretched up so hard in a video game level in my life. Like, it's just so... It's so well done. Like, that's where... I wasn't really hot on the Halo 4 storyline in a mm. way, because it just didn't click to me. Right. Because um, all the first three Halos, just even though I wasn't a part of the gaming because of like my home restrictions, I was still in trance of like what is happening. Because you start way the fuck out there. And it's a they, great story. Oh, like yeah. the first three are phenomenal. The, oh yeah, and, they, like, and, and like reading Halo Reach, like the book to a certain extent was like really it helped just flesh out the world even more. And like mm-hmm. oh, oh, all these other Spartans with Kelly and the ones that just get fucked up from the serum and the ones that you have to send off because they died from the serum. And Master Chief killing like four Marines in the freaking gym uh-huh. and just walking away from it basically. Yeah. Just, it just flashes it out so well. And then you get to Halo Reach and it's like one of the most fleshed, it's, I think it's the best character fleshed out Halo mm-hmm. because like each character is distinct. Yeah. And while you're, and your character just gets to be ambiguous, which is fine. Mm hmm. But you end up just like it ends on such a powerful note with just that stand your ground. Well, it shows that it shows for the first time that Spartans have personalities. Yeah. So every one of those guys, except for George, well, Master Chief was a blank slate for a lot of the time. Well, and that was the whole point is that he was a vessel for you to be, and that's why his lines are short, sweet, and to the point. Yeah, but that ended up actually like sort of it didn't it didn't put him in a corner. No, but it did flesh him out very slowly. Yeah. Well, I mean that's why the really all the the. Um, development you get for him is in those cutscenes in halo 2 for the most part you get a little bit of it in three mm-hmm. and then um you get a lot of it they kind of like decided we're gonna show you we're gonna we're gonna put master chief through some through the fucking emotional ringer in four yeah and that's that's the whole point of of four is that you know this person he's been partnered with for in his life for the last five years yeah cortana and everything. is she's she's essentially dying yeah you know she was AIs, um, smart AIs in the Halo universe deteriorate after seven years, and she had been put in a service at, at the start of Halo Four eight years ago. So she had been becoming rampant and yeah, dying. Yeah, I remember for a that year, now. I remember that now for a whole fucking year while they were in space. So it's like he's losing his closest friend. Yeah, and it's like that's that's the whole thing. Remember, by the end of I'm Four, like, he has that to story, cope with that. Yeah, I'm remembering that storyline now, and like my heart breaking a bit on that. I was like, this oh, is so huge. Sad. That was one of the saddest moments in in all. And of And that's Halo. where she was trying to track down uh, that woman from Halo Reach. That Halsey, had, that's that's she's the that, ones who created Spartans, and she and Cortana is created from a brain scan of a flash clone of Halsey's brain. Halsey is the doctor from Halo Reach. 
Okay. She's the one who created the Spartan program. She she yeah, so personally Cor- went in, found the children, and sent yeah. out the teams to abduct them. Yeah, and Cortana is a flat, is a scan of her brain. Yeah. And and that mission was to try to find her again to get her to like fix her along mm-hmm. with was Cortana. Was to see if they can fix Cortana. That was the whole point of like that was the big goal of four outside of stopping the, the big didact mo- the big from, die, yeah. from coming back and wiping out community. Yeah. Yeah. Which was a big deal when he showed up because he was one of the beings that built the Halo Array. Oh yeah, he's one of the original forerunners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's so this is part of the books where it gets kind of convoluted, but he um was the commander of the entirety of the forerunner military, mm-hmm. and so like there comes a point in the they they released a set of books that took place during the forerunner flood war, which How, led to so the event, real the, quick real quick. Are the Halo books pretty well controlled by who by like Halo? Like, I guess three four three. Yeah. Well, because does it does it have because Star Wars has canon and non canon books. Mm-hmm. Are all of Halo books canon? Yes. Okay. So they come out and say, for the most part, kind of like how Lucas did with the old canon for Star Wars books, like this has to happen. Mm-hmm. Make it happen. Yeah. And that's kind of what they did. Like Greg Bear. Here are your big a... meta plot points. Yeah. Fill in the rest with. Yeah. These these are the and events. That's a really good thing to give a writer. Yeah, well, like Greg Bear, who wrote the Forerunner trilogy, and he's a huge like he's got awards for writing sci-fi novels. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote the Forerunner trilogy. So the the deal with the the didact is um at at one point the original didact is um captured mm-hmm. by it's, um, a political rival uh-huh. in the Forerunner politics system. Excuse me. And before he is taken away, he's imprinted himself on this kid. Mm-hmm. And forerunners live to be tens of thousands of years old. He imprinted his entirety of everything on this kid who's like fourteen. And um, so the way forerunners mature in this, in this, if I remember this right, is that like they they go through mutations mm-hmm. where they like just kind of like, you know, they're imprinted upon and they like grow and they're kind of like go somewhat into the form of the person they that are they imprinted on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and um the kids rate he was from the class of builders who at that time are the most sophisticated like the the, the power structure shifts between the miners the builders and the life the life workers mm-hmm. like the the librarian who saved all of humanity and stuff um and at the time the builders were on top so this kid was like you know a diplomat's son like mm-hmm. you, you don't fuck with that kind of shit and uh so he was he was mutating into essentially a warrior mm-hmm. who was at the bottom of, who was at the bottom of the of the ladder are they are they running that the society is like hyper developed so like i mean uh, they're they're warfare, millions war- and billions of years old like, yeah so like warfare is looked at as a very lowly part of the structure at because this current point there was a point yeah. when the forerunner rose up against the beings that created them and the warrior servants were at the top of the chain yeah because war was important yeah and and so it's whatever's important at the time that's who gets the most power yeah so at this point the the builders have managed to gain power because they had discovered the flood when um ancient humanity who was on par with the forerunners um was going around in neutral like sterilizing planets because the flood was coming in but foreigners had no idea why they were just trying to fuck you know humanity was just trying to well, the infection and shoot first ask questions later like yeah we'll take care of it later okay but, so i i actually had an impression a while ago that like it was i thought this would be a big joke especially with all the knowledge that's given by just like halos you know mm-hmm. one two three four was that like the forerunners were actually humans but the covenant didn't fucking know that so, so that's when 
but then she was in charge yeah it was super ambiguous yeah with who the forerunners were what race they came from and um the only reason it kind of wasn't is there's this little thing that came out before halo 3 did where um there was uh, ancient humanity. This, they named the character and everything. It's in it's in ancient Africa mm-hmm. when they're building that portal to the Ark in Halo Three. Mm-hmm. Uh, that shows up in Halo Three. There are the machines building it, so you kind of get a sense of, well, if the Forerunners aren't humanity, who are they? And so, in what comes in later is that in one of the novels, I think it's um, Contact Harvest, mm-hmm. which is where the the book where the Covenant finds humanity, is that they're they they have this thing that identifies relics and stuff with a certain symbol Mm -hmm. and um they find a human colony and all of humanity is labeled as um the well the covenant are reading the the symbol wrong they they read it as reclamation but there's a forerunner ai in their ship that translates it like an oracle um Mm -hmm. which it's a relic from the forerunner flood war uh who turned on and then was recaptured and reprogrammed to reserve the forerunners uh, called mendicant biased he's like screams out and starts to activate the ship that you see in halo 2 mm-hmm. uh that this you you fools have been misinterpreting my signs for so long this isn't the symbol for re- reclamation this is the symbol for reclaimer which is what humanity is labeled as uh, a reclaimer and, of uh, like the universe the forerunners mantle so of all okay. things forerunner so like the, so forerunners create a bunch of shit and humanity is just like lined up for like millions of years to become like yeah this. the next the next thing um and the covenant don't like that they think the covenant that the humanity are those left behind from the great journey mm-hmm. which is when the forerunner activated the array and disappeared from the universe what was the array was that just a portal off to another part of the universe or no just... so the halo array was originally 12 halos that were sent spread throughout the galaxy and when you activate them their effect overlaps and amplifies Mm -hmm. and what it does is it wipes all sentient um life forms from the galaxy so anything that has a conscience or uh, anything that has enough biomass to feed a flood spore okay that's Um, that's more so that's because the forerunner couldn't kill the flood so they were going to destroy its food and try and starve them out Mm -hmm. that was the grand plan um, so what they did is they archived as many species as they could to the greater arc or the lesser arc, which was very, very outside the galaxy. I can't remember the exact measurement they put into mm-hmm. the game. Um, and then afterwards they reseeded the galaxy after everything was wiped out. Didn't Master Chief go through the arc at some point? He did. He okay. went through the portal. The portal on in Africa led to the arc, and it took him two weeks of slip space travel to get there. Okay. Yeah, that's where it's a fat. That's that's where that universe is just. Oh, it gets ridiculous. Boy, let me tell you. Good books though. Oh yeah. uh, Oh yeah. Books. The books are especially the ones written by Eric Nyland and Greg Bear. I kind of need to throw that down on like my reading list. Uh, The first three: Fall of Reach. You live in Orange County. I live in Brevard County currently. I live in Cocoa Beach. Oh, you're out there, but. Yeah. Hmm. Rough. I am. So right now I'm borrowing like a. I'm well. I'm borrowing a friend's like Orange County library. Um. Uh, library card mm-hmm. and that basically means that i get relatively unlimited access to their audiobooks oh nice for free basically so i'm just like really enjoying that one i pirated all mine back in the day because i'm a dirty little bastard but you know whatever 
Would you pirate the actual books or do you audio book? I did both. Okay. Pain in the ass to read them off my phone, but yeah, I did. Pain in the ass, but you're probably like entrenched on that shit too. Yeah. No, but like I said, that's what I did with all the Star Wars books. I pirated the audio files for them. Mm. I read them all. Or listened to them all. It was good. Yeah, no, Um. so the first three Halo books are The Fall of Reach, which are Chief's Origins and all of the Spartans' Origins, The Flood, which is the novelization of the first game, and then First Strike, which takes place immediately after. I think I read The Flood. And I, re- and I remember reading it going it's like... It's funny. It's like they gave Chief a really good witty personality. Yeah, and they showed that he was exceptionally pale. I'm like, well, we got that nailed down. Yeah, because he never leaves the fucking armor. Yeah. Okay, pretty much. It's a good universe. It's it's very, very vast, and there's a yeah. whole lot that goes into it. I think it's one of those where it's unfortunate that they've been keep trying to do movies. I like I liked the stuff they put in. The only thing I didn't like was Nightfall, which came out with Halo 5, but I thought Forward and Dawn was a good first step. Mm-hmm. Because while Master Chief was in it, he wasn't the focus. Yeah, he just shows up three episodes in, which works out really well. It's during the start of the Covenant War. Mm-hmm. So he's focusing on like soldier characters. And uh, like, students yeah. at a military academy. Yeah, that and it's sense. not cheesy at all. Like it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward mm-hmm. and pretty serious. Like I mean, there's what four episodes, five episodes, and they're twenty minutes. And it, does it entrench the sense of dread of, like, humanity versus this giant mass of fucking Covenant? Yeah, because the Covenant show up at this military academy. It's all fucking students. And they just come in and they start wiping people out. There's an elite shows up. Yeah. You know, the hallway is fucking trashed. He's cloaked. The only thing you see is the energy sword. And so it's like a horror scene. And yeah. then all of a sudden, like, a like knife shows it. up in his neck and then she, there's Chief. And it's yeah, like, I think I remember that, like, they they drive away on a warthog and it's yeah. all in flames or something like that. Yeah. I think I remember seeing it's, it's fucking crazy. But yeah, dude, it was really good. Uh, they did that. They've done the Halo Nightfall thing, which was okay. That was to introduce the character that shows up in 5, the main squad leader for that. That's all right. Then they did the uh, motion comic thing for Fall of Reach. It's on Netflix, but it only encompasses, like, the first half of the book. It doesn't actually have anything to do with the Fall of Reach. Mm-hmm. It's dumb. They then um, Bungie also did a bunch of animated motion comic stuff back in the day on Halo Waypoint. Those are all online. They're actually really good. They took a lot of the short story, like they did um short story books. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a lot of those. Nice. And they animated those up. They're really good. Nice. Oh, and then they did the animated thing, like kind of like the Animatrix. They did the anthology of stories. They okay. they gave um for Halo Legends. That was really good too. Nice. Yeah. That came out in two thousand nine. Yeah, it goes in college. Have you watched all of Game of Thrones? Because I'm. I did. The question I'm going to run here is that: Do you believe that Halo is as complex and enriching as Game of Thrones is, like in its full capacity? So I haven't read Game of Thrones, so I don't. I haven't either. I, I, I know there's a lot in the books that's not in the shows, and I feel that's a very that's a hard question to answer, not having experienced both. Yeah, yeah. Um, there is a lot in the Game of Thrones universe yeah. that needs to be explored in terms of backstory, like the fall of Valeria, um, you know, Balon, uh, or Balerion the Black Dread with Aegon the Conqueror. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got, you know, the start, uh, you've got the, the long the long night with the start, the uh, origins of the Night King and the Walkers. You've got, it's just so much you could do. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got Duncan Egg, you've got there's just so many stories and of all the short stories and all that stuff there's so many different 
areas you can go to and, and do yeah, it. They yeah. want to do shows or other books or whatever or miniseries. And then, but just, then comparing it over to Halo, Halo, is Halo just far more linear in its design? Because there's... No, see, the games are. Yeah, but yeah, the yeah. books jump all over the place. There's books, there's no solid line of when the order the books have come out. The books have come out with stuff. And yeah, because I remember there's one that the actually place. followed, like, uh, Kelly, like, going, I think it was Onyx or something like that. Ghost of Onyx yeah. um, takes place with the rest of Blue Team during the events of Halos 2 and 3. Uh-huh. Um, and then it gets resolved afterwards while Halos uh, Chief is frozen in cryosleep drifting off into the into the events of halo 4 yeah because there's that four-year gap yeah um so all that stuff takes place during that that gap um and there's books that there's again books that happen all over the place they're just they're everywhere so it's it's a much more expansive universe i think um because they have all this area to cover and they can they can hire out people to do comics and novels and short stories and whatever yeah but um it's just one of those where these days we're finding that like TV series are so perfect for putting out like really big storylines. Yeah, and, and it's and like it it's, makes me ask the question of like, is there room for like a full Halo, like several Halo TV series that like properly delve into all these side stories? Yeah, uh, I definitely, I definitely think so. It's kind of it's kind of issue Star Wars has fallen into. Because mm-hmm. um, you look at the movies, it's just there's there's so much to tell now that you can't do it in two and a half. No, like, like that's why that's why I think that's why I really enjoy the Clone Wars and yeah. Rebels, and uh, I haven't watched a whole lot of Resistance, so I can't really comment on that. Yeah, but those, like the amount of nerd reaction I've gotten from friends that have actually watched those from Cartoon Network and oh, whatnot, so good. like they just they're just they're just falling over themselves with how much of the canon is built. Oh, it's and fleshed it's, out. It's in so those, amazing. In you those get, animated series, you get a real sense for since Clone Wars takes place between two and three. You get a real sense for why he has no trust for the Jedi Order and why he goes to why he why his fall to the Sith happens so quickly. Yeah. But a lot of people also don't realize in Episode three. It takes place over seven, eight months. You know, we don't know just how far along Padme is pregnant, and you got to think she's not sh- quite showing yet at the beginning of Episode Three uh-huh. when when they land back on Coruscant, and then by the end of the movie, she's had the kids. Yeah. How so? So a lot of people think, "What did it happen? Like, it didn't happen in three weeks." Like, yeah. His fall to the his fall from from Gr- Anakin's fall to the dark side happened over the course of almost a fucking year. Yeah. So, in like... One, yeah, in, a one, in one year, a lot could fucking happen. Yeah, and, and, you know, I mean, I get it. We only got, like, two hours of, of movie, but you guys got to take time frame into it, too. It's And so, and, and when I explain it to people, a lot of people go, okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So then, okay, so here's a really interesting take, then, is that movies need sort of a revival, I think, because they have been... And original content needs to come back, in a way, mm-hmm. for, for, for at least theater and movies... And that's where I think of right now, like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I haven't seen it, and I kind of want to, but I think I'm just gonna wait for it to come out at this point. On enjoy, enjoy, because I did. Uh, and I've heard I've heard nothing but good things about it. Yeah. Um. For like, for I having, just I just haven't had the time to do it. Yeah, no, that's fair. But that's where like I look at at least for Quentin Tarantino because he he makes it he writes his own shit. Like, yeah, straight dude, Tarantino is just great. I and, don't think I've ever hated a Tarantino movie. Yeah. And that's where I sit there and think about what the MCU has been very good at, but the ability to replicate what Marvel has done with the MCU is a once in like three generation opportunity because 
you don't get that lucky on how everything is set up and how all those contracts are written. And that's where like we talk about like what's happening with Star Wars and what's happening with a lot of these sort of remakes and mm-hmm. all these stories that like cinema is trying to do in movie format mm-hmm. that is like way better for TV. Well, and, I think a lot of the issue with the movie issue, I'm going to use DC as a prime example, they don't have a unified vision yet. They didn't come no. in and start with a plan. They're like, they're like, we're going to throw shit. all this shit out. Their fucking animated game is beyond on point. They have yet to release an animated movie that I did not love. Yeah, for animated DC and everything. Yeah, fucking great. Holy shit. If they stop, stop with the live action cinematic universe. Put your animated shit in theaters. I'd watch it all day. Because I know when a DC animated when a when a DC animated movie is coming out, it's gonna be fucking fire. Like, I watched I watched those at um, Justice League Dark or whatever the one with Constantine and Batman and stuff and and like and and Swamp Thing and Zatanna and mm-hmm. uh, I don't remember the ghost guy's name because I'm really bad about DC characters. But um, but yeah, and it's just like that was amazing. Yeah. Like, if, if you get... And, and they kind of have a vision of, like, all these animated movies are connected. They take place in the same animated universe. Yeah. Just do that. Put it on the big screen. Like, or don't. And make your make your online service a little more accessible. I think it's, like, $15 a month or whatever. A little pricey. But you get everything. Yeah. Um... Well, and that's like, and that's their that's their that's their the DC's animate or the DC's cinematic universe right now is lacking is it's lacking like the vision like fight like Kevin Feige's got the whole vision for the whole Marvel thing like yeah. like he was the unifying factor that said we got to do this 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 and he had the creative producers or whatever to help him line everything up but like he sat there and they 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 well, the table topped a vision for it yeah and if DC sat there and took the time and table topped a vision for it like the monster universe that Universal was coming out with I wanted that to happen so bad. But they didn't like. They didn't do their. Sh- they didn't that's mark where their shit that's right. where Disney and at least the the power the move of having just one man in charge of everything, such as Feige, is mm-hmm. actually the best thing. Yeah. Because the big issue you have when you get big is that you get a big board and you have to make everyone happy, mm-hmm. and it just makes everything stall out. Right. Well, the issue they have with Star Wars right now, and I'm glad Star Wars is moving into the. Um, the TV show range because mm-hmm. it works better that way. Yeah. So like I'm really Longer excited stories. to see the long form story like arc. So I'm really really excited to see how the Mandalorian plays out. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I think the first couple episodes of the Mandalorian plays out and they figured out, you know, we're getting a Kenobi series. We're not getting a movie. We're yeah. getting a TV show because they scrapped. They essentially scrapped all the movies they were gonna do. Like a proper series of him like Clone Wars aspect. No, or like, like post Clone Wars. Like, like post post Anakin. So you get to see him just surviving. Yeah. Until he gets to Tatooine, like well, at Tatooine, yeah. he's gonna be. It's gonna. It's gonna have to take place on Tatooine. I mean, in Rebels, they they visit him because Rebels takes place five years before A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Um, third season of Rebels, they go in and they encounter Kenobi. old man Obi Wan yeah. watching over Luke. Yeah, like the last scene of that episode is is Obi Wan on a hill watching Luke run back to his house. They even took the clip from A New Hope of of his aunt yelling for him. It's amazing. Like um, just like right there. Yeah, like, yeah. He's he's just watching him from about a distance. That, they actually they love that jump off where it literally jumps from, um, in the movies where it literally like you see the transfer of the file from deep within where they die on that planet. Oh, from Rogue One. Rogue One. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. And it comes straight to the animated, you know, CGI version of Princess Leia, 
and it was really good CGI, I'll say. But oh, it was, it was like, I didn't but, expect that to be in that movie at all. Oh, no, I, but I it steps no you into a new hope. My thoughts going into that movie was, was the end of Rogue One was going to be like a couple more months before the events of A New Hope? No, that's fucking hours. 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 Holy shit. I was so excited. The ending of that movie was great. Perfect. I was yeah. so excited that in the end of that movie, spoiler alert, we'll wait five seconds, everybody dies. I was so <laughs> happy for once in my life, I got a movie where everybody died. Great. Vader walks in, slays every motherfucker in that hallway. I don't give a fuck. Fantastic. Best movie on the planet. Like, I love a movie where the good guys lose every once in a while. That's why I like the new mummy so much. Like, oh, with Tom Cruise? Yeah. Does everyone die at the end of that one? No, but they lost. The whole point of that movie was to stop the resurrection of the Egyptian god of the dead, of yeah. Seth. Yeah. And Tom Cruise's character becomes the Egyptian god of the dead. Like, he's granted, he's cursed to, like, share a body with that god for the rest of his life. Wow. Yeah, so, like, so, like, their so you know whole... what that reminded me of? is Kevin in the Woods. Did you ever I watch that one? don't think so. That was, like, I think it was Eli Roth, and it was, like, critically acclaimed as well. Eli Roth is amazing. He's really good. Okay, so I've listened now twice to Eli Roth's, um, episode on the ID Timmy podcast, mm-hmm. and it makes me really want to, like, just sort of give credit to him but go get a fucking camera and go do his ideas that he has for like these sort of one-off simple silly um like uh what was it b-roll is like b-roll shit yeah um what was it um like the uh the 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 fucking horror thanksgiving things like this thanksgiving have you seen that shit well like like thanksgiving like they did yeah. on um yeah i think something like um that. theater oh. mode for rooster teeth kind of what was it what was it i when you're missing words, and you can't describe yeah, I know. it, um, Eli Roth, Thanksgiving, Eli Roth Thanksgiving, yeah, shit like that, Grindhouse stuff, yeah. um, he had one of these ideas, and I love it because it's just so silly, it's where it's like, it's like called the dummy, and so like the, like one character, like she's going into like her bathroom or something like that, like prepping the shower, mm-hmm. and then like, Oh no! The dummy! And the dummy is like there in the shower. <laughs> it could be like some fucking like, you know, car test dummy. Yeah. He's just sitting there in the shower and she just like flies out the window. That's and funny. And they just do that over and over again. Just like That's great. driving along. Oh no, the dummy! And then like next shot, car explodes. <laughs> like, like I heard that and I just want to like write to him and be like, I know you have too many ideas for the amount of time in your day. May we take your idea? That's and just funny. Make That's that really shit? great. That would I would love you. You could put like a music video or whatever. Oh yeah, like just make a fucking quick shot off that shit because yeah. it's so fantastic. That shit I could shoot up a fucking like if I could figure out a, maybe a few FX or if I could go get a scrap car or something and just like make a pipe bomb, like a couple pipe bombs. Just record that shit. Just oh, no, it's not gonna put you on an, F- on an FBI watch list. But no, we're gonna make some pipe bombs on the internet. Pipe bombs for production. We'll just stuff them with what's foam the joke? What? Oh wait, what was the joke on it? I think it was uh, the Nicolas Cage film where he's like man at arms or something like that. Mm-hmm. He's an arms dealer. Oh, uh, Lord of War. Lord of War. They actually bought all those. Those are actual like AKs or something. Like that. Yeah. Those are actual military ones because those were cheaper than the prop ones. Yeah. Like that's, that was ridiculous. Like, <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember reading about that. This is America. I it's just capitalism. Red redneck capitalism. Just Woo! yeah, it's great. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, it's gonna be a good day. But, uh, but yeah, so that's why I think um, 
Star Wars is going to be good for long form. Yeah. And also, it... also their current head, Kathleen Kennedy, I don't really agree with a lot of things she did. But they have a guy, the guy who produced, or produced, uh, directed majority of Clone Wars and Rebels, Dave Filoni. Mm-hmm. Um, he is directing and writing several episodes of The Mandalorian. And I'm hoping that when Kathleen Kennedy decides to dip out, he gets put in creative control, at least, of the story of Star Wars. I think shit who's in control of merchandising. Whatever. Give me a lightsaber that goes in and out and lights up and it's fine. Whoa. That's all I want. They, they, they come out, but they don't go back in. And I need them to go back in. It'd be cool as fuck. But, uh... Fully retractable lightsaber. Dude, you, you kidding me? How cool would that be? Who wouldn't want one of those? Have you watched the shit where they actually have, like, legitimate fencing with lightsabers? Yeah, and the, the, the combat sabers? Mm-hmm. Bro, I looked at some custom ones, like, to get that were combat ready. Like, they're expensive, but, like, they look so good. Yeah. Oh, my God. Really, it's all in the, the blade. But, yeah, dude, those, the saber training camps and stuff, I've looked into it. I've legitimately considered, like, going to France for, for a weekend and, like... It's, does it... Okay, that seems ridiculous that it's happening, that there's, like, saber camps in France but not in America. Well, I mean, that's, like, fencing capital of the planet, I guess, but, like... That makes sense. But, um, if if that comes to the United States and praying to Florida... Like, I'm, I'm amazed right now they don't have a saber training academy, like, a legitimate, like, like performance saber thing for Disney right now. Yeah. To, like, train people to do it and put on, like, saber fight shows. Yeah. I'm, I'm legitimately... Hey, Disney, you take this idea, I want my royalties. Uh, <laughs> like... I, I know you got the money, bitch. Um, uh, like, I'm, I'm honestly amazed they don't have, like, a, a lightsaber fight performance or a reenactment of all the saber fights from all the movies put on a stage. Kind of like how they did the Indiana Jones show thing. Okay, so here's a good question, then. Like, that would be so cool. Is there a top saber fight that's not Darth Maul in uh, your mind? Yeah. Um, the end of episode three when you have Obi-Wan versus Darth Vader. Oh, versus Anakin there on Mustafar? It's Darth Vader. No, it's Darth Vader, yeah, at that point. It's, he's, 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 he's Darth Vader at that point. A lot of people don't like to acknowledge that he's Darth Vader yet, but it's like, because he's not in the suit, I'm like, no, he's completely fallen to the dark side. There was no redemption at that point. Yeah, he is Darth Vader. Yeah. Was it? It's Darth Vader pre-suit. People don't, people don't like that, I like that. So... I think what that's my all-time fa- all-time favorite saber fight. I think my second favorite fight, favorite saber fight is uh, the one from the end of episode seven between Kylo Ren and Rey mm-hmm. in the forest and everything. Mm-hmm. And then um, episode one is my third between Obi Wan, Darth yeah. Maul, and, and Qui Gon. Yeah, that's actually where I think some people pointed out might have been closer. And like... then episode six, that one's the one between Vader and Obi Wan and Luke. Oh, episode six. Oh yeah, the fi- yeah the final yeah Return yeah, of Jedi yeah, that's that's one. Technically, Episode Eight doesn't have a lightsaber fight. Rey and Kylo don't fight each other; they fight the. Uh, oh yeah, that, that's okay. that. That's that's an amazing combat sequence. Not a lightsaber fight. Yeah, that's the funny thing. I remember watching that. Like, this is actually the best thing I've seen. This is the best new thing out of Star Wars. And yeah, Eddie because it's it's phenomenal. Well, and I'm so mad I can't quantify it as a lightsaber fight because it's not saber on saber action at all. Same as cross each other once. I remember as a kid watching the first three Star Wars, like A New Hope and everything, yeah. like The Empire Strikes Back, and the first time you see those red stormtroopers, and like, ooh, they're obviously special. What the fuck do they do? The palace guards? Yeah, the palace guards. And you get nothing in terms of, like, well, so movie canon. Well, so the palace guards in the movies, they're nothing special. The yeah. Praetorian guards from the sequel trilogy, 
they um they're something. They are, I believe, uh, I could be getting this wrong because there's not a whole lot of information out. Mm-hmm. They are force sensitive. Like sensitive a bit. Like yeah, not, not like je- not no. like Jedi level force sensitive, but yeah. they are they are uh, enough that they can like predict their opponent's movements. Yeah, which is why they they have those electrified or or borderline saber um, whatever's. Yeah, I'm excited to see what they give us for the Knights of Ren in Episode Nine. Yeah, when they finally flush that out a bit more. Yeah, yeah it's really very stoked to see that. That's one of those where with this the new trailer drops on Monday. With the I don't watch football. trailers. I just trailers have done like okay, I think it was back when episode three was about to come out. The trailer was better than episode three was. I mean, I'm gonna say this: fucking anybody who complained about the trailers revealing anything for episode three is we know Anakin becomes Darth Vader. Shut the fuck up. Um, I've actually had to get into that fight with somebody before, but um, I'm, the last trailer they had that came out for episode nine, nothing. It was just all good glory shots. Yeah, there's yeah. no 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 shots. Yeah, I couldn't on board that trailer. Yeah, like the, the, I'm, the I'm, only sort I'm, of spoiler they give out is that like, um, is it Sidious? Yes. Yeah, Darth Sidious' voice in the background. So that gave chills. Here's here's that the thing: chilly. people had no idea. They people thought it was they were joking when they launched a trailer at Celebration this year. Yeah, yeah. Then Ian McDiarmid came out, the guy who plays the Emperor, and just went, "Roll it again," and they played the trailer again. So it was like the Emperor's back. <laughs> Yeah, they yeah. came, like, straight up had the Emperor come back and confirm that. I'm back in the movie, uh, bitches. So good. So good. Uh, but you're so, sitting there going, like, what the fuck happens here? Because he exploded in the goddamn Death Star. And, like, yeah, like, fucking Yoda, so like, rematerializes on... and, like, and Luke rematerializes out of the forest and well, stuff. Well, so, uh, they, since, um, the only things that were considered canon after the white were, uh, the movies and the shows... In the end of uh, Clone Wars, um, before they decided to bring it back and finish it off next year, um, Yoda goes to the Sith homeworld of Moribon. Mm-hmm. I try that's what they renamed that the main, it. That's, that, renamed that's it the to. main Sith Nexus. Main. Uh, I was Sith just like Nexus the. Or? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's just where the uh, Sith Empire originated from. Like the species. Mm-hmm. There's originally a species called the Sith, and then it became a religion. Mm-hmm. Like the dark side of the force, um, and uh, Darth Bane's ghost is there, his spirit, similar okay. to a force ghost, but not really. There's there's different so properties Darth, that go into so break that break down Darth Bane. Darth Bane is the creator of the rule of two, uh-huh. one master, one apprentice that the Sith follow. That's why they were able to survive for a thousand years without being seen until the events of Episode One. Yeah, but the rule. So okay, that's another. There's another theory I roll in with the rule of two. Why the rule of two equated to them being able to overthrow the whole Jedi Order because there's only two of them, hard to find, but all the dark side. So force, that's the old school route behind it. Like the was, balance of force equals all the dark side. For all, all the dark side flowed through those two. However, they weren't really the only two Sith. So there are there are a couple of ways to look at it. The Banian Sith line, which was the rule of two, one master, one apprentice. Yeah, was the most prominent. There were other dark side force users out there, yeah, but none as focused in the dark side as the Sith were, because Darth Bane was the true last member of the Sith, mm-hmm. because he wiped out the rest. He took all that power for himself. He was he just under the impression? Did he just have that mindset of if there's no other Sith, then all the dark side has to flow through me? No, it was just we're losing this war. I'm going to survive. So okay. He, he he found this technique called the thought bomb. 
and used and which is aneurysm people's heads uh pretty much he wiped out an entire planet um of jedi and sith and he was the last one standing did he just and do it in one shot four, or just yeah all force users that were on that planet area just uh, gone wow yeah it's in those darth bane novels uh towards the end of the second one if you uh, give those a listen it's fucking nasty dude dude, dude. was not somebody to fuck with apparently um they're thinking about casting dave bautista as darth bane for the TV does, he have to, does it require acting chops to play that character? A little bit. I mean, he starts out as a brutish minor, and then, but but uh, he's Dave's got fucking hell acting chops. Like you've seen, did you see Blade Runner, twenty forty four? Oh, Batista was in. Yeah, there? did not know that. No. So he was a character in the beginning of that movie, but they also did like a twenty minute short that leads into it. Uh-huh. And his yeah, dude, huge fucking ridiculous. Great. Well, he's he, well, although um, Drax is in like a big role mm-hmm. in Guardians of the Galaxy. It's a character that, like, you fall in love with because of just how Dave's performance is, like, so yeah. committed to that stoic, dry personality. He was also in, um, James Bond. As a villain? Mm-hmm. Not a main, he was a, like, a lieutenant, but okay. he was, he was in a... I might have spotted that. One... Skyfall? Skyfall. I think he was in Skyfall. Skyfall was good. It was either Skyfall or was Spectre, I can't remember. No, Skyfall was good. That was... That was intense. But yeah, man has chops. Man, man can do it. He's, he's, I think he's about on par with the Rock. You know, like he could, he could definitely do he, it. Well, him and him and John Cena are sort of like playing out their stuff to like, because I think Cena is finally retired from actually wrestling. Yeah. So he's still a company man. Like, I just, what was it? The one interview that John Cena has like on ID10T has me given just so much respect for that dude. And also, it revive it. It made me have respect for WWE and, like, wrestling as, like, an art form. Yeah. Because it's improvised with extreme consequences and extreme oh, acting. 100%, dude. I have, I have the, up. like, I didn't really appreciate wrestling growing up. Like, I didn't give a shit. I was just like, oh, this is bullshit. Like, it's all fake. It's like, I wasn't even that. I just didn't care. But, like, I go yeah. back looking at it and, like, these guys are, A, like, they're acting this out. But, B, they're risking their entire fucking body. There yeah. is no stuntman, like, yeah. doing these things. Like, they are actually pulling off these stunts. And if they're off by even a little bit, they can fuck the other guy up immensely yeah like so yeah dude almost respect to that like yeah like that's that's fucking killer and crazy and amazing yeah it's um, exceptionally dramatic storytelling it's yeah. like here's yeah. here's D, but with actual physical contact and a yeah. ring to fuck him up with yeah it's like hit him with the chair well okay bill you gonna be all right after this do it you know well, there were some that actually had, like, razors, like, pocketed. Mm-hmm. They would just, like, nick themselves to, like, fake the blood out. Yeah. It's just, like, you're cutting yourself for your art form. Like, what else do you fucking want? Like, yeah, I know. Jesus like, Christ. What, what kind of levels of dedication do you need to make it bigger around here? Like, oh, Jesus Lord. Was it that had that damn story? Someone had a st- someone I had know a st- it wasn't Undertaker. I just can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I have no idea. Well, that'd be, that'd be crazy if they actually jumped into that with, like, Batista actually playing, like, that big of an arch fucking villain that's i mean his his character arc is he goes from nobody rises up the ranks of the sith militia they discover he's foreign sensitive they bring him to the academy he then learns at the academy bails out because he doesn't believe in the exact philosophy of the sith because mm-hmm. he, he starts so the at that time the sith outlaw using the title of darth to stop the infighting amongst themselves because they always want to prove what who's is the Darth? most powerful. So Darth is sort of like ambi- an ambiguous surname. It's just a title. Yeah. It's well, just, it's what a does title that, imply, though, that is... you are a lord of the Sith. Uh-huh. You can be a Sith, but, but you're not a Sith lord without the title of Darth mm-hmm. before your name. Yeah. So the Sith Empire, towards the end of their reign, got rid of that just to stop all the lower end Sith from trying to fight each other and kill each other to be yeah. the most powerful to yeah. be granted that title. Yeah. 
um, you were granted the self the title of Sith Lord, like if you reached a certain rank. Yeah. And that that came with honor and duty and the whole thing, you know, like like reaching the captain of the rank of colonel. Yeah. Same thing. Um, but amongst you know, dark side users, but there were those who didn't have force abilities in the Sith armies. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, so he came out. He didn't believe what they were doing and how they were handling. He thought the current Sith were weak, so he called himself Darth mm-hmm. and left the uh, the Empire and went and searched the galaxy for things. He found um, those holocron crystals that yeah from several different Sith Lords past, um, from Revan, who apparently they're looking at Keanu Reeves to play. He was probably arguably one of the most powerful Force users in the entirety of Star Wars, outside of Anakin. Mm-hmm. Um, he found one from, I believe it was Exar Kun, who was an old-school Sith Lord, one of the first creators of the... Or not first creators, but Darth Maul looked at a holocron of Exar Kun and created his lights, his saber staff based on a hologram he saw of Exar Kun and a couple of other... Sith Lords found the knowledge of the Thought Bomb, mm-hmm. came back, and, and wiped out the Sith planet. And, basically, well, he wasn't the Sith planet, but all the Sith, but most of the Sith were off the planet mm-hmm. and out fighting the Jedi along this one planet, um, and destroyed the the Sith and Jedi army that mm-hmm. was there, and then went off and uh, found a young girl and took her as a apprentice and. Founded the, rule, founded the rule of two mm-hmm. and then you know got into a fight with his apprentice and he lost it's like 30 years later or some shit 20 years later and then she created the, followed on with the rule of two and just went till you had Sidious and uh, Anakin and Plagueis and then Sidious and Anakin or Sidious and Maul mm-hmm. Sidious and Dooku Sidious and Anakin and Vader it's a whole thing man there's a whole lot to go there so it's then super interesting so oh wait what was that Oh, what was his fucking name? The the Dark Lord that was lead to Kylo. What was his name again? Snoke. Snoke. He seems like a want. Like there's a lot of there's been a lot of hate thrown at him, but he's like an equivalent to the Empire, the Emperor. Um. But so he just like shows up. There's not leaves. a whole lot of information on him currently. There's minimal. Like they had a comic that came out that was him training Kylo Ren that I downloaded. But he's just so out of nowhere, basically. Yeah. Like, they acknowledge that he existed during Kylo's, like, training. And that's it. That's it, though. They don't, we have no idea what he did. You know, I, there's... there's I'll pull it right a, now to see if there's anything else, but I really don't think there's anything else. Even yeah. on, like, the Star Wars Wikipedia pages of, like, of, of him. There's... Do you feel like he just was brought in to be like, here, you're here to corrupt, help corrupt Kylo further, and that's all you got? Well, so, th- this is, was one of my big big issues with, with, with him in general, is that... Um, is that like okay so they did episode 7 mm-hmm. they introduced the Knights of Ren yeah. Ray had her force vision Yeah. they introduced Snoke and then they kind of like like they, this is a part of that whole having a, a, a unifying vision to go across these stories Yeah. they went from one director to another but back to the same back to back to JJ and I have I have very little hate for um, the Last Jedi, other than the whole Canto Bite sequence, where they're on the planet with the gambling, whatever. Yeah, that, that whole that whole scene was a no business being in that movie. It was it was utterly pointless. There yeah, was, just did nothing yeah. for the movie. Yeah. Other than that, movie was great. Like I, I I don't care what people say. I understand like that the way Luke is in that movie. I get it. Well, he well the director also like pulled out like a book 
that explain like this is an actual force thing that's deep in lore of like him actually being able to do this yeah. from across the universe. It's like it's a legitimate like it's a legitimate thing to do. There was um one theory I saw online where someone actually like pro- like Ray is asking like the force nexus there in the dark pool under in on Luke's um island. Oh, yeah. And she's like, "Who are my parents?" Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, "Well, maybe this is like Han and and Chewie because it mm-hmm. sort of looks like that." But then it shows like this forever like repeat, mm-hmm. and but they're all not they're not reacting like a reflection should. They're reacting like in a slight delay. And he's like, "Well, let's go back to Force Unleashed. Is Ray a clone?" Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's the thing. A lot of people think yes. Yeah, there's nothing in here. Uh, uh, a lot of people think um, Ray is like a clone. Uh, Palpatine thinks Palpatine was like trying to make a clone or so in old canon Palpatine made clones or of a sort to where he could use uh infuse his essence mm-hmm. and force essence is a thing similar to a force ghost but not really which where you can leave your body if it's dying and Bane played around with this for a little bit um kind of you... like Xavier and X-Men thing yeah kind of yeah. like you, you leave your body and then go 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 into another body yeah, and yeah. um well you, it, there had to be a wound on um, your opponent or whoever you're trying to, he would go through the wound and take over their body or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember the exact explanation they had for it, but that was in the old canon. So, uh, same thing is that um, Palpatine made clones of his body or whatever, and if he was dealing to die, he would jump over. So yeah, thoughts are she is something similar, which is, would explain why she was so powerful with the Force right off the bat. Yeah. You know, minimal combat training needed to whoop Kylo's ass with a lightsaber. Yeah. Um, all, all sorts of things. Well, that's also uh, that's, But that's a lot of people, I think, just, just just trying to explain it away when it's like, if you look at Episode Seven, she was already proficient, for, like, Ray was already proficient with a staff. Yeah, she's already combat Like, ready. Like, she's not... Her, 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 her strength in the Force escalated quickly. Yeah. Um, but then again, Luke's did too, kind of. Like... Um, you know, he went from picking up a lightsaber and, and deflecting bullets with a blast shield down from that training droid to taking off his targeting computer, using the force to destroy the Death Star. Yeah. You know, in the span of what a week. Yeah. You know, rated something similar. Yeah. So I'm not. It, it, whatever. It's it's. I think it kind of goes in that same vein where she is the sole light side user mm-hmm. in the entire galaxy. Yeah, and so all the force. Can was kind of like channel going. into her in mm-hmm. a way. Yeah, that's what I sort of. That's sort of what made. Sense and that's the to thing me. I like about the new movies is that they're taking away from the explanation of the Force mm-hmm. and the Jedi and stuff, which is what the prequels were doing. They're kind of mis- They're they're mystifying it again. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. I like how it's it shouldn't be quantifiable with midichlorians or whatever. Like, yeah, the, here's a random thing that was thrown in that at least for me at the time I was like, oh, there's something that actually like bases this. Yeah, was- it it it's it's. I, I don't mind it, it's I look at it now and I go okay I get it but I wish it would have been done differently mm-hmm. like uh, your your amount of midichlorian shouldn't define how strong you are in the force although technically it's true like I to a degree Yoda could have whooped Anakin's ass any day yeah. like, to be fair like, Yoda was like 850 years old by the time or 880 by the time episode 3 rolled around so take what you will um but like that's why Anakin was like you know he had a thousand times more concentrated midichlorians than any other Jedi yeah. in existence at that well, point. He was prophetic. He was, he was, you know, a virgin birth, as his mother told. Uh, well, you know, Sidious and uh, Plagueis reached out to the Force to do some fuckery. 
in the Plagueis novel, and I, then the I Force the Force he, reacted and said, "Fuck you," and created Anakin. I think I. Okay. Um, I want to hear about that. I mean, that's it. That's that's. They just did. They just did some experimentation. They reached out. Yeah, they reached out in the Force and were trying to create a being, I guess, or some sort of. I don't remember exactly. And then the Force reacted, pushed back, said no, essentially. Balance must be acquired. And then created Anakin, and it was like. So there was a there was something that I watched on like another one of the YouTubes where someone actually like brought about a theory that that um Sidious um the emperor mm-hmm. actually planted um through force or, through the force or something like that planted Anakin I think that's in the new canon mm-hmm. um that's in the novel lords I think that's in lords of the sith I haven't read it I can't I can't 100% validate that yeah or unvalidate it what I what I what I what I gave you was from the Plagueis novel which is now technically legends um not canon and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um. No, oh, people saying something. Um. Hmm. So I can't. I can't. Like I said, I can't really like fight that. Uh, I don't. I don't know enough about the new. A hundred percent about the new canon. There's a lot of it now. In the last was it seven years, they've had a lot of stuff come out in terms of books and comics. Fuck yeah, Revan. Revan. Yeah, Revan. Was that one of the Darths? Uh, he was one of the top Jedi during the Mandalorian, the Great Hyperspace War with the Mandalorians. Okay. Uh, he slayed the leader of the Mandalorians, took his helmet, or his mask, which was, like, a big deal to Mandalorians, mm-hmm. uh, and hit it, and then he went off with his apprentice to find why things were kind of getting fucky on Mandalore. Found the Sith Empire hidden out, uh, just beyond, uh, the Wild Reaches, um came back like two years later because people were like what the fuck happened with a sith armada and that starts the knights of the old republic games Hmm. um and then later on he is captured his mind is wiped he comes back to the the light side he slays his apprentice and then goes off to find the sith empire again but with the knowledge of this shit happened i'm gonna go fuck it up Um, and so he's, yes. he's arguably one of the most powerful because he, he managed to master light and dark he's arguably one of the most powerful force users in Star Wars as well he's right up there with like Anakin and um, um, Yoda or Anakin uh, no it's pretty much Anakin like I think him and Anakin are the top two well I think I remember hearing from a friend who had read through that in that scream that happens in episode three when he comes finally full suited off the uh, table mm-hmm. that like he's focused like uh, Darth Vader is focusing all of his ability and power to try to kill um, the Emperor who's standing right there and can't uh, so they actually so they released a comic line a couple years ago strictly on Darth Vader that starts up during that scene yeah um, he's just angry and so he pushes out with the force, and he pushes Palpatine back. Um, he's he's just pissed off. Yeah. Um, and Palpatine goes and starts um, force lightning his ass down. Um. And yeah, so like right here, like it's just he's just angry about it, and so he doesn't have his lightsaber. So Palpatine starts force lightning Vader. 
and is like, defend yourself, Vader. Use your lightsaber against me. Oh, you don't have it? Where is it? And Vader in defeat is just, Obi-Wan took it. He's like, you let him take it from you? He just took your lightsaber? Scrub. Uh, <laughs> and then he goes, remember, Lord Vader, the next time you reach out to harm me with the Force, finish the job. You will not get a second chance. So it's like, it's a big fucking deal. Um, That's a setup for the Return of the Jedi, basically. Kinda, yeah. So, I that, mean, that whole series is Vader has to go out and find, find, he has to, you know, create a new saber, find a crystal to corrupt, it's a whole thing. Like, you have to corrupt a crystal to get that red? Or what? In the new canon, yeah. In the old canon, Sith sabers were red because they had to synthetically create their crystals. Mm-hmm. Because they couldn't go to the, they couldn't find, so you go to certain planets like um, Ilum, which is, shows up in Clone Wars, where uh, you reach out through the Force, and the Force reaches back out, and you find your crystal is yours like it's personal like yeah, yeah, yeah like you can't go you have to go and search for it and it has to call to you yeah the sith can't the sith can't do that through the dark side it has to be through the light side of the force mm. so the sith has to create them in the new canon for sith crystal to exist you find a jedi kill him you have to take his crystal you have to take it it has to be you know it has to be yeah, taken yeah. you then have to take the crystal bend it to your will and make it pour your emotion into it and make it bleed and that's why they're red. It's way more dramatic. It is. I, I personally liked the the um, synthetic crystal idea because they pull that up in um, Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. Luke's green crystal for his new lightsaber after he loses his hand on Cloud City in Episode Five and yeah. Anakin's saber. Uh, that crystal is synthetic, but he was able to influence it through the Force during its formation to turn it green. Mm. Implying, because green has always been... Blue's always been, like, sort of Padawan, and Green's been more nah, master. it's either or. It always sort of looked like that, though. It, it, they, they did kind of infer that, but then at that point, it's like, um, eh. the, the colors are colors. I think there's meanings behind them. I don't know what they are. I personally don't care, because it's like, there's so many variations at this point. Yeah. Like, if you look at the Clone Wars or whatever, you have the, or in Rebels, you have the Darksaber. There's a black saber blade. Yeah. You've got yellow ones. You've got, which were all the temple guards had. Yeah, the purple um, one for Purple Mace one Windu. for Windu and, a, and Mara Jade. You you had you know, green, blue, yellow, you know, yellow, whatever. Like, Ahsoka had, well, Ahsoka was a Padawan. She had green and yellow yeah. on her two sabers. So, whatever. I never I never bought in any of that. People would come up with these ideas. I'm like, you tell, you show me the official LucasArts fucking logo on it and we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk, yeah. All right. I think we can round it out there, though. Yeah, man been been a long fucking time it's like almost seven now fuck you be good driving home and everything not too far yeah yeah i mean it's an hour but like whatever i'll be fine you had bigger issues all righty we're cut it here hooray Legal. thanks for coming out hey, um, man. so do you have any me. band dates to put out for like plugging yourself in here before we get out of here uh yeah so blink when you do we playing uh rackham spirits down in d-e-u-x yes we're very french yeah blink 180 do Croissant, oh shit. All right, all right. Um, <laughs> it's a fancy wine. Uh, we'll be playing Rackham Spirits and Bar uh, down in uh, Cape Coral on Friday, November fifteenth, and then Friday, no- uh, Saturday, November sixteenth, we will be playing Bombshells up here in Orlando. Dope. Yeah, Dope. man. Super stoked about it. It's our first shows in uh, over six months. Well, happy to hear you're back and everything. Hell yeah, man. And any ticket buying, any information like that? Oh, uh, I know one of them is a free show. I think the one Do in Cape Coral. Do you have any socials for the band or anything like that? Facebook, Instagram. Uh, Look for your face and the drums. Yeah, uh, we've got I've got Snapchat, Twitter, MySpace. 
Facebook, Instagram. Was it Bone Daddy? Yeah, it's actually I, I actually went through a couple weeks ago and I I put everything in Bone Daddy. Xbox Live, PSN, Steam. Everything's Bone Daddy. Everything's fucking Bone Daddy for the most part. Yeah, if you need to find, I, I I finally got it all done under one banner, so I'm easy to find. Not my Reddit account. That I'm not telling you people. Some weird stuff on there. <laughs> but uh. <laughs> on that note, I think we'll cut it on. Out. <laughs> Thanks for coming out. Mike. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, man.